Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I have a Johnny Cruz, who is one of the greatest local writers I know and one of the best in my personal circle. What we talk about in today's episode is Johnny's most recent work and a whole hell of a lot more. So if you're a writer or if you're just down to shoot the shit with us, we go over it all. And I highly, highly recommend you check out the description to look into Johnny's work. All right, folks, that's it. Join the writers for this episode and enjoy. lot of reasons not only because you're fucking easy to talk to but also um and i told you last night so for those of you who don't know and it's going to be in the description it's going to be in the intro it's going to be on my instagram that johnny is a phenomenal writer don't say anything fuck you debatable debatable everyone's their own worst critic right but and i know there's this you know sasha the girl i had on first the first one yeah she, I, I'm going to tell you, yo, you got to listen to this one only because even if you don't say any valuable information, just to like listen to another writer talk is it's, you know, it's right. fun. It's, it's, it's good. But out of all the people I know, you're the only person that's taken it upon themselves so far, like so much to actually, you know, follow their passion and craft. Whereas like you, you really beat on that. Like it's become a, a real skill of yours. And so Johnny I'm in a group chat with Johnny and our other uh, friend, Kayla, who she's, she's going to be on eventually, too. Um, she's a sound engineer. She's a musician. She's, a, she's great, too. Um, but we're in a group chat, and Johnny sent us a one of his screenplays. It's called The Doors of Perception. However, this is— Based off Aldous Huxley's— I'm, We're going to get there. <laughs> we're going to get there. I'm going to ask you all about it. Um, but it was originally like a 15 page, um, short film that he wanted to introduce to us because we were in the plans of filming something. Um, and then he kept writing and he made it into feature length and, uh, he sent it to us. He's like, Hey guys, let me know what you think. And I said, I want to tell you what I think, but I want to wait to where on the podcast. It's 115 pages and with a title page in the quote with a title. Okay. So it's 113. Um, yeah, those quotes are cool. Um, it was it was great. It was great. I I want to. I wish you sent it to me like through like Google Docs so I could like actually like make notes. But because it's like on uh like Microsoft like uh it's PDF. Yeah, you can, I you can make PDF notes on PDF though. I don't know how to do that. Either, I'm illiterate for it. that. But like the first line where it says like the door was open from the other side or whatever, that was such a good line just to open it with that. Like because when and hear me out because when. And if you don't mind, and maybe you can go on uh, final draft, final draft, right, um, and put a watermark on it if you want. I'll put that your screenplay in the description because I think it's worth a read. Seriously, especially for most, I feel like most of the people that are watching this know me from writing, and I'm sure they'd love to read what you've written. Right. So, with your permission, but I, I have a copyrighted, I think. So that's I can just okay. Perfect. I, I'd love to put it in the description. Um, like the first line, because because I'm a writer, but I write, you know. I try to write novels, fiction like that. And, like, it's just cool that, like, most of the time you're, like, he opened the door or or they, they talk about the person on the other side in the hallway opening the door into the room. But inst- right. instead, your focus is on the room. Someone's in the room. You don't know who's opening the door. Like, it's just the small things that you probably don't even realize you did it. I read that and I was like, oh, man, this is great already. Just small things like that. I love it. So before, before I get too fanboy about it, explain to us what it's about. Okay, so I'm not going to say the logline because the logline is always too uh, dense. 
Well, yeah, it's just it, it kind of just makes it. Yeah, you don't even have to. No, yeah, just it's, fucking. It's just about uh, this morphine addicted World War II veteran uh, gets arrested and in the in the 1950s, and um, he's sent to an institution mm-hmm. for rehabilitation, but uh, instead of giving him conventional treatment, he signed up for experimental treatment in lieu of getting a prison sentence, and the the. It the experimental treatment involves uh, LSD, which is the original name is like lysergic acid. Yeah, or yeah, like something. Like that. I just read that's it. That's what they called. Yeah, that's what they called it back then. So explain to us the uh, MK Ultra thing now. So oh yeah, like it's secretly, if you read, well, okay, well, if you read, it's secretly a MK Ultra movie. Should I not have said that? I don't care. I mean, it's not like an actual movie, so I don't care. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't really care if it gets spoiled. <laughs> but it's like secretly sort of an MK Ultra thing, like um, about. The misuse of LSD on these patients in the 1950s. It's based on a lot, like I take a lot of. That's just like I read a lot of stories about it, and I kind of take a little bit of things from, mm-hmm. from the whole like the the main doctor is basically like just based off of, like all this stuff. Like there was a. All this stuff happened at the what was it called the uh, Allen Memorial Institute in Can in Toronto I think Toronto or Canada okay and um, they. They took patients and without the staff knowing, but the main doctor, the director of the institute, Dr. Ewan Cameron, probably knew about all the money they were getting from the CIA to conduct these experiments and stuff like that. Was that a real, but that was a real person? That yeah. name? But in oh, this, no well, the, the name, it's the two doctors are Dr. Ewan and Dr. Cameron, but their their first names are different. Okay. But, um, so yeah, it was, it, it, I, I kind of take, I, uh, um, I kind of, I kind of, and it's not like a, it's not based on a true story. It's kind of inspired by true events. Yeah, like course. I take a lot of liberties. It's kind of a loose yeah, interpretation. This way, yeah. Was it pointing off there? Yeah, All right. you're good. Um, where, where, how much research did you do to, you know, write this entire thing? Because I feel like to be that, you know, passionate about a topic and to be able to like. I know, like, you mentioned, remember that they were reading a newspaper and somebody jumped out of a window, whatever. That that was, like, an actual event, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. so that was, so, like, like the whole thing that kind of, um, that kind of got people exposed to this whole idea of, like, what the CIA was doing was this guy, Frank Olson, who was a, bac- uh, airy, what was it, a bacteriologist, I don't know how to say that word, for the, the Army, and he was, inv- he knew about what was going on during MKUltra and was involved in some experiments overseas. And they, they, um, was what, Sidney Gottlieb, Blashbrook, and a few other guys involved. They went to this, um, something Creek, uh, house and they had a few drinks there and they spiked a few of the drinks, including Frank Olson's with LSD. Yeah. I him. think actually, yeah. And it re- really screwed him up for like, he lived nine days after that. It really screwed what? him up. He had to go. Oh my gosh. He had to go to, he went to this. He went to this therapist who wasn't a therapist. He was like an allergist or something. Okay, he was doing this some weird therapy shit on, uh, on him and stuff like that. And um, they took him to New York to go to that guy. And then while they were in New York, he allegedly, the original story was he fell or jumped out of a, out of a yeah. ten story window at the what was it the Stalter Hotel. I remember learning about this. So they people were confused about fell or jumped or whatever, and but it turns out um, they. Pr- I mean, it's not confirmed, but they probably threw him out the window because the blinds weren't drawn. He just hopped mm-hmm. over a you know a nightstand and 
jumped through the window, and then the witnesses when he was dying on the ground was like, he it looked like he was trying to tell me something. Like, oh, what the fuck's going on? And am I allowed to curse? I, bro, I fucking cursed already like 10 times. All right, I didn't know. I, um, I, one of my podcasts, Brendan, he was like, yo, what am I allowed to say? I'm like, if you want to talk to me about how you want to get fucked by an elephant, I don't care. That's what I told him. To do whatever you want. Say whatever you want. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> That's a weird way to put it, Mark, but okay. Oh, um, shit. Great, you made me think. He yeah, jumped he, out the window, and he was telling the people. He looked like he was trying. Oh to Oh yeah, tell and them. the guy that was with him, Lashbrook, he didn't call the police. So he called Sidney Gottlieb first. Okay, who was the basically the he was the you know the head guy behind everything. He was, um, the you know, he was the head of the TSS, which was, or the head of the chemical division at the TSS, which was a, a component of the CIA. Yeah. So he was basically involved in you know the the CIA directors Allen. It's either Alan Duels or Alan Doolis. I've never said it out. I've never fully read it. Yeah, I have it. no idea. But he was a director of the CIA at the time. And, um, you know, it, this, it, it messed a lot of people up, so I kind of... That's know. It's just cool that you found, like... Because when I write... Cause I, cause because I know this is inspired by true events, um, but, like, I write complete fiction. So, like, it doesn't matter what I write. I don't have to fact check really anything unless I'm talking about, like, oh, he got his arm chopped off and takes this long to die because he's bleeding out. Obviously, then I want to be correct. But I don't really have to worry about that. But you're taking from true events, and you like, you're like you know, throwing some history in there. And I think that's really cool because when a lot of people have an idea, good or not, uh, they don't do a lot of research. People say, write what you know. Um, and I feel like no matter what you write, Johnny, I feel like you always know what you're talking about. Um, and the reason why, and I know you said debatable when I said you're a good writer, but... I mean, like, writing doesn't, it's not just about, like, whether or not someone likes your story. Because even if I didn't like the story you wrote, I can tell you're a good writer because the words you use and how you use them, it's well-written, right? And I can tell you put a lot of time in it, and I, and the story structure is sound. So Right, it's not, but I'm, like, one of the reasons I don't like the logline is, like, I, it's, it just sounds like... Uh, you know, some young kid who wants an excuse to throw colors up on the screen. Like, oh, I'm going to do LSD, man. Yeah. The doors of No, no, it open. means something. It does mean something. I understand. It's just not right, like, like... It has an actual... Str- it's not just people talking about, you know... I feel yeah. better. You know, when, when, when I was reading it, um, I was... I think I was on, like, page 74 or something, and I was like, I wonder if there's going to be, like, some kind of twist or something, what's going to happen, and there wasn't really... There wasn't a twist. Of course, um... Uh, be careful. If you're gonna I know. I know. Uh, okay, you're right. But the ending, I was, uh, I felt very pleased with. Mm. I was, I, I felt fulfilled. So, my expectations were that, like, some kind of Shutter Island thing was going to happen, right? Right. Um, but I was really pleased with what, with, with how it ended. And, I wasn't. I, w- I really wasn't expecting the ending because of the type of I feel like writer you are, because of all the things I've seen you write in the past, um, which isn't much because uh, most of the things I watch I watch you uh, on YouTube, and I feel like you write a lot more than you let others read. Um, but I don't know. I was I was very pleased with it. So, how long did it take you to before you even wrote? It, how long did it take you to come up with the entire story? Like, because when I do it, like I think of a story, I. Usually within like ten minutes, I've got the beginning and the end like figured out. I just got to find the meat in the in the middle. So right. how long did it take for you to think up this story? Well, I started. I either started because uh, I'm I, I, st- I start writing down notes, but you kind of want 
to do a bunch of research just to make, because if I'm going to do a topic is, it's sort of the whole script it's is sort of like, fiction. An, yeah, it's an indictment on, you know, the CIA and stuff like that. So I'm going to make some accusations like that. I got to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, like you with your pants down. Exactly. So, you know, I read all the books on it and yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, the, the best ones that I read were, uh, um, the John Marks is, uh, search for the Manchurian candidate, which is like the original book. Yep. Um, then I read a book on Sidney Gottlieb <coughs> and, um, I'm sure there's another, Oh, I read, uh, this book acid dreams where it just talks about how the whole MK ultra thing basically started mm-hmm. the sixties counterculture movement and stuff like that. Um, which is, and there's you know and I, if I didn't do any research I wouldn't have realized the irony and how and how the whole MK Ultra thing turned out like yeah it's it because at the center of the story it's like they were out for like that's why I like the fifties because all the sci-fi stuff and all the stories like you know like flying saucers and it's and, still a mystery you yeah know? And like mind control like that was what the government was like, it's like what the hell's going on to do yeah mind we're control. actually try- yeah so that's but but I never go into like you know. Like I will control. Like I, I don't go into that kind of wacky scientist. Like I, yeah, I, I, I make you keep sure. it grounded, right? Like it's, it, you know, yeah. It can, be, it can still be true. Like it's like my, what, what's the, what's the phrase? My disbelief is, uh, extended or whatever. Um, like you have to extend disbelief. Suspend. Suspend. Thank you. I'm, I always get that wrong. Suspend disbelief. Um, you keep it grounded. Whereas, right. like when people walk in to a, a theater to watch like Iron Man, they know what they're gonna get. Right. Um. And like every like like obviously the story is fiction, but everything that happened in the script was based off of something that actually happened. Yeah, for the most part. That, like, and that's why I said before, like how much research you did and like how you sprinkled in all this yeah. stuff. Like even like it goes pretty far. Like it it, it went it, the you know the consequences of what they did went pretty far. Like yes, like, but um, like even. I found out that Whitey Bulger was involved in it when he was in prison. They kept him on LSD for like 20 days straight. Whoa. And shit like that. <laughs> and then it became like, you know, a murderer. It, it, it baffles me, like, how much they did. Ted Kaczynski. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, when, it's crazy to me that they, they put, they gave them so many doses, like all these people, right? And like, you think to yourself, like, bro, did you try it on yourself first? Like, you realize how crazy this is? But then it, then you realize, oh, the government is just fucked up. Like, what they do sometimes to, like, for the greater good or whatever it right. is. It's like, wow. Well, that was... Th- One I of the lines in your thing was, like... Right. Well, the whole... Like, I, I don't want to... It's easy to look back however many years ago in hindsight and be like, well, that was a shitty thing. It's like, yeah, it was, but you have to understand the context of the time. You know what? You ever seen Fury? No. They, they had a line in Fury where it was, like... um intentions are noble but history is violent something like that so it's like the same oh thing. shit that's like the same yeah yeah so exactly so you, ha- you kind of have to look at it like you know things don't really turn out how you yeah hope but um what, like i i make sure it's, it's pretty easy to go back and make them make a movie or write a story that is all accusations and you were wrong about this. You're wrong about this. I, if I'm going to do that, I have to provide the other side arg- argument yeah. to it. Like even like I, one of the feedbacks I got was like, well, I don't know if that's a valid position. It's like, it's not my position that I'm put like when I, when, like it, just because a character saying it in my script doesn't mean it's my position. on. Yeah. It's like, well, you got all these people in there. You're like, you know, yeah, absolutely. Right. Like who, who said that? What? Like was it someone close to you that said that? No, it was, 
I got like act professional feedback on it. Oh, okay. I started doing when I started doing the this. There's this thing, Coverfly, which like it's basically like a portfolio thing for all your scripts, and you can uh, it has like a a peer feedback thing. Gotcha. So after I f- I, I hate feedback like that. If it's not like if it's not about like my structure, don't I don't want you to tell me you don't like the story because I feel like that's. Right. Not what I need help with. Right. Like, when I got the feedback, it was the best feedback i gotten on anything I've written. And then, because all, like, it was, what, I got, like, seven different things, and all of them were good. And then this one guy thought it was okay, but he was going after, like, you know, this is straight-up jingoism, and then this is a ridiculous, inflammatory yeah, it's position. Like, it's like, that's not what I... Get the hell out. That's not why you're getting, like, paid or not right. paid or, like, whatever. That's, bro, come on. Well, I didn't pay him. It was free. Yeah, so you, know, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. If, because he wasn't, you know, that qualified. But, <laughs> um... I take that. But there's, you know, it's a very, you have to understand that there was a lot of fear around the whole cold, like the cold war thing. Yeah. I mean, like, absolutely. Everyone was having babies at like 19 because they thought they were going to die. Right. And like when, after I did all the research for this, my capacity for like, you know, things that the U S have done, like went way up. Like my, my imagine it, like the things that I can, that, that I can imagine that they have done, the evil things that they've done. Astronomical. Out, but also for like, you know, like like Japan or China or Russia, it's like twice as much well, as Well, you know what? I, I fucking love talking Like if you want to have nightmares when you go to bed. No, but I know. Read what <laughs> they did in Japan and Russia. To Bro, it's so bad. Do you know what they did in Germany? Like with uh, the Nazis and stuff? I know they did a lot of experiments. I don't remember. They did a lot with um, LSD, DMT. Um, I don't know if they did psilocybin, but I imagine they did. Probably not. Um, I, I don't know. Psilocybin wasn't that. It wasn't that prevalent around that time. But maybe though. they definitely used DMT, and they were like, and a lot of this is conspiracy because a lot of this stuff was burned, and like all you have really to go off of is like word of mouth from like Nazis that were like captured or or hired back into like NASA and stuff. Like, um, was that Pro- Project Paperclip or something? But yeah, they they were talking about how. They were literally trying to contact another universe, and Nazis were weird, man. I mean, like Hitler had some weird things going on, like thoughts. Whether they were true or not, I guess we'll never know. But they were trying to contact like another universe, and then if you look into like what DMT is, if you look at, I feel like Joe Rogan. I feel like an <laughs> absolute idiot right now. If you look into what DMT is, and you look at like the history of it and the culture of it, like with like um, native species, not species, native uh, inhabitants of like South America and stuff. It's like one of its main purposes was to bring people into another universe to speak with the dead, to speak with the other. You know, it was right. a birthright. So then you w- look at that and then look at what the Nazis did and you're like, bro, this is scary. Yeah. So then, yeah, the government's like fucked up. They do all this kind of stuff. And you said before, like they kind of we don't we don't know the specifics of what they did. Yeah, we still don't really know the specific like the all the information we have on what the the CIA did to people was witnesses who've you know, come out like a lot of years later with like the actual specifics of what they did. We don't know because Richard Helms and Sidney Gottlieb burned all the, once, once they knew that the Rockefeller yeah. mission was coming after them, they just burned everything in 1973. So. so selfish, like so annoying. Oh my gosh. I hate that shit. And if man. you read, I, if you read the, the Senate hearing, uh, or the committee of that, when they were, um, d- during the Rockefeller commission, when they were asking all the questions or whatever, they had, Sidney Gottlieb up on the stand, and if you read that, you'll understand that he's the best at not at giving the best non-answers ever. That's like that's an question, art. It's so it, 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 I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's an art, man. I wish I could do that. 
Like he, they would just, they would ask him a straightforward yes or no question. He would somehow come out of that answering the question, but also not answering at all. Gotta respect it. Also, him and Alan Doulas both had club foot, and he had a stutter. Man, I, and I always, I, I remember when I was younger too. You know how you just said like your capacity for like what the government did is larger, and then what other governments did is even you know exponentially larger. I feel like also after like you spend enough time reading about this stuff, watching stuff about it your tolerance is greater. It's like, it's like when I was younger, imagining like aliens existing freaked the shit out of me. Now I'm like, just tell us. I'm like, right. I like if they told us, I wouldn't even care because I already believe it so heavy, heavily that I'm like, whatever. So the more you, you know, research, the more you do, you're kind of like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like right. I'm not even surprised. Like the Bohemian Grove thing, it's like, you know what that is? Yeah. So it's like, that's, re- that's it's fucking sc- scary. Because they they're not open about it, but it's like it's so believable. Like I'm not even giving it the time of day because it's like whatever, man. Like come on now. Yeah. So which kind of sucks because like it takes away the magic of you know being scared. I know that sounds weird, but I kind of like that. I kind of like. I wish I can go back and like. Read I don't this. know, bro. You I you go look up what happens at like Skinwalker Ranch and shit like that. I've no, re- well, I know. Though. I've read this stuff that goes on there, and it's freaking. It, like, like I literally couldn't. When I, okay. Here's the thing. Okay, I'm I know ready. an embarrassing amount about UFOs and stuff like that. No, that bro, because I will challenge you. I fucking know an embarrassing amount. I bet I know more than you. I bet you do, honestly. <laughs> honestly, I've got so much going on right now. But uh, no, well, one of the things that I'm writing is kind of about this, where it's like uh, with Skinwalker. It's not about Skinwalker Ranch, but one of the things Skinwalker Ranchers talks about is the. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the possibility of other dimensions or portals like opening up in there and that's why they see well, we've gone things. off the fucking right i know we have yeah, hold on i, like I don't care i don't care like, yeah let's well, two guys <laughs> without phds we're gonna talk about interdimensionality i don't listen 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 <laughs> hold on but it's uh I, fuck you it's it's <laughs> interesting just, just, it's interesting but one of the things that i'm writing is about the you know possibility that um like, where we go after death or, like, um, why we uh, feel certain things is because, like, the fourth dimension is right there. and We can't contact it in our current state, but maybe when we die, we can. And right. fourth dimensional beings are those of us who have died. Stuff like that is crazy. And then the Skinwalker Ranch thing is, like, Einstein says there's, like, 11 dimensions. And then now we're, like, confirming that there's, like, even more. It's weird. I thought the fourth dimension was time. It is. It is. So we... there. Okay, so... So wouldn't it be the fifth dimension? So I don't know how it works exactly like that, but I know people say there's fourth dimensional beings. Like, I, like that's that's a thing. And what it, what it is, right? So you ever watch Monsters Inc? I'm, I'm sure you've heard this uh, analogy before. You ever watch Monsters Inc? Yeah, I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about that one. Is it, does, did he say this? Yeah, with the doors and how. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. Or like if you're, a, let's say you're a cat in a box, and something's looking down at you, you can't look up. You're just a cat in a box. But that thing looking down at you, that's the fourth dimension. It's like, be. They're they're among us, it, it and it's and it's hard to wrap your head around it because it's we're not them if there e- even is a them. So it's like it's kind of like your mind goes blank trying to think about it. It's like and and fourth dimensional shapes are impossible to create in this third dimensional world, like a tesseract. Like they're rendered, you can they're rendered in the same way you see a shadow on. Yeah, so you know what a tesseract is. Yeah, so it's like you can look that shape up like on Google and it'll show you what it is. But like even the way we're looking at it like on Google Images is not what it looks like really. It's like it's hard to really understand. Yeah, like I saw a thing like the when we look at a tesseract, we're seeing the shadow of a 
fourth dimensional, fifth dimensional object mm-hmm. the same way that when we see a shadow of a cube on a two dimensional surface, we're seeing a, a three dimensional object rendered in a two dimensional form. Yeah. It's sort of abstracted that. But, um, exactly. So it, it's like we can't really understand it. But, uh, by the way, I don't care where where we go at all. I, like, I know we started talking about writing, and we're going to get back to that because I'm going to get us back to there. But well, I was talking to Bashoy, who was number six, and he, I think he asked me, he was like, or like we, we started talking about his immigration process to the United States and somehow got into like really deep politics for like an hour and then went back to his immigration. That's right. fine. It's free-flowing. I'm not going to put parameters around it, so it's whatever. Um, but no, so to go back to the writing, though, involving this, with all the research you did um, about, you know, MK Ultra, about the CIA, about that time period, and all the stuff you've found, like, by just researching... Also M- about, like, soldiers coming back with morphine addiction. Yeah, yeah, all the stuff you researched, and then all the stuff you found out, you know, by accident, because you were researching MK Ultra, I'm sure is, like, all the things you found out is abundant. So, same things, like, I, I'll research... Um, whether it's like uh, psychedelics, not in like the actual chemical and how it works and like who who took it, but like experiences people had. I'll I'll research like religion to like because that's what I'm interested in writing about and like inserting into my you know fiction. Um, and going connecting the things we were talking about, Skinwalker Ranch. Um, I love the alien stuff and things like that because I don't write about aliens. I don't write about Skinwalker Ranch. I don't write about things like that. But experiences people have had at places like those and the philosophies and the theories and the conspiracy theories that come from things like that help me understand how people feel about certain things, which allows me to write fiction I like to write. Right. So I know that was like a long bridge to get to the point, but that's really what's going on. So when you research all your stuff, and I and, and it's hard. F- I, f- I feel like it'd be hard for non-writers to understand this. But anyone that's ever even imagined a movie in their head, even then, it's kind of hard. Um, you got to do a lot of work to really finish and complete a story to like that. You know, the character development and the story development and where it came from. Because if you have like a fictional story, like uh, I don't know, like the Sandlot, it's you got you. It's it's easy. But if you have a fictional story that's inspired from history, like you. It's really hard, like you were saying, to bring stuff up and imagine I might be called out on this. I got to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's hard. So, but, so that's why I'm like, you're a good writer because it took a lot of work. It took a lot of work. Yeah. 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 I guess it's how long it, How long did it take you to write that? Well, I started researching in April, and then I wrote that short version uh, for you and uh, Kayla. And then I made it 110 pages. Um. I feel like I got it to the point where I started researching in April and I got it to the point where it was readable in like November. What does that, what do you mean readable? Like where I would actually give it to somebody to read. Okay. I, okay. What, so in the past I've said that like I, uh, I use flashcards. What, what do you use to like start your stories? Like how do you organize your thoughts? I just write down in a notebook. Really? Yeah. I can't do that. I the feel only, like the only time I use flashcards is, um, I'll just, uh, I'll, when I'm doing like the scene lists after I've done everything, yeah, and like the, and then I'll write all the scenes on a, on flashcards like the colored flashcards, yeah, and then uh, for the first draft, and then I'll write out the first, and then I just never look at them, 
Because I started doing, I, I do my stuff on legal pads, and then I was like, I can't keep flipping past all this stuff to find out what I was talking about. Right. Flashcards were better for me, but everyone has their different ways. Um, I just circle things. And, then you and you write in pen, don't you? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're you write in pencil? I write in pencil, yes. Are you a terrorist? What the, wait, wait, <laughs> wait. How? How? You write in pen. Are you a terrorist? Like you don't What's wrong with writing in pen? You don't, what's wrong with writing in pencil? You have to no, sharpen no. it every two seconds. Are you left-handed? No. Why? Okay, because I was like, you're right. Well, you're my right that. hand was back here on the I don't care. Because I, cause I, then I'd under, if you're left-handed, I'd understand why pencil is a bad idea. But even ink would be stupid. Well, even I still, even with pens, I, like right here, I still have a little ink on my, in my, yeah, my, hand, my hands are clean right now. I took a shower. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I haven't I, showered in months, so that's why I started. I, <laughs> I like, uh, I like pencil so much better because I, I could like, uh, I, I can erase things, you know, that, you know, shouldn't be there. I can, um. Well, why wouldn't, why shouldn't they be there? Because well, usually I just cross things out. I never erase stuff, but I have the option if I wanted to. But I a lot of times I I'm kind of dyslexic, so I always have to like go back and fix a word if I fucked it up. If, like I'll, I'll have to sit there for like a minute, I'm like what word was I trying to write down? And once I realize what it was, I'll erase it and rewrite the word right. immediately. That's probably the biggest reason why I do that because I write so fast that I forget like a letter or like I I. Whatever. And I don't want to confuse myself later when I have to reread and organize. Um, so it just g- gives me the opportunity to fuck up. Whereas pen, I'm like, this is scary. I don't want to yeah, ruin when, this. But when I'm writing, it's not like I'm writing out the screenplay in pen. Like, I type it on a computer. Well, yeah, like I when I'm that. writing in pen, if I'm writing something, like, if I'm writing something and I mess a word up, like, I don't, if you look at what I write when I'm in, like, in my notebook, you can't read it at all. Yeah. The only way I recognize it is, like, the first letter that I wrote. And then I remember me writing what that was. And I'm like, okay, it's this. Like, I don't read the notes most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I just remember what I thought when I wrote that down. I just, I can't, I can't do it. I can't get into it. It's, oh, no, it, it, it's, it's like doing Sudoku in, in pen. I don't know. That's what it is to me. It gives me stress. It stresses me out. Oh, that's that number game? Yeah, it's that, it's that number game. It's you, know the, game? Um, you know what game I'm sh- part of me for, for, for two for, days? Uh, I have to make sure their noise is kept down to a minute. Unacceptable. I'm sorry. Apology not accepted. No, you're not. Uh, I'm listening now. But the game that I'm obsessed, I've been obsessed with for two days, and now I'm the best in the world because I watched a mini series on it, and I watched a bunch of videos on YouTube for a whole day straight on it, and I played the computer on my, on my computer twelve times. Is chess? I what? can beat anybody now. I doubt. Big doubt. <laughs> no, Big doubt. I watched the Queen's Gambit, and then I just... Oh, and then you, like, got obsessed? I've got, I'm got. i more obsessed with Bobby Fischer than chess. You know what's crazy about the Queen's Gambit thing? Is that what? as soon as people... There's a word for this now, but people start investing. If there's a new show that's going to come to Netflix, like Queen's Gambit, people will invest, like, months before it's released in, you know, companies that sell chess sets. Right. Because of like this could be big, a lot of people are gonna buy chess sets. And would you know, a lot of people did. People we, made so much money. You know, it's funny. Like one of the last times people have watched a movie and gone out and like bought and started doing what was in the movie was like The Color of Money in 1986, which was I don't think I know that one. That was Martin Scorsese directed Tom Cruise and Paul Newman, and it was it was a sequel to The Hustlers Pool. Oh, like when that movie came out, everybody started I playing think pool. I do know. And then Queen's Gambit comes out, everybody starts buying chess. The books that those movies are based off, or the things are based off, is written by the same guy, Walter Tevis. That son of a bitch. <laughs> that son of a bitch. It's so annoying because now I'm like, because now I got to write about like uh, <clears throat> wiffle ball batch or something. <laughs> well, now you're like, I, I want to write a thing like that. Like, 
you know, I'm going to get a game that nobody really plays and I'm going to make people play it. Well, one of the things I think, so, it's like with, I want to, like, because uh, I'm, a, I'm a, a writer, right? I want to write a comic book, but get, like, one of my, like, friends to, uh, you know, draw it, ink it, color it, and then, like, put it on YouTube of us, like, voicing over, like, doing voiceovers for the characters and showing digital images, and eventually, if it comes cool enough, you could sell the comic books, you know? Right. It's like... Also, when you put my thing in the description, don't call me a writer. Call me a script. Well, call me maybe a screenwriter. <laughs> maybe. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm going to look like such an asshole. Well, you no know way what? would well, I do that. I mean, then they'll listen and then they'll. No, no. But I put on all my. on all Because I guess I'm technically a screenwriter if yeah. I like, won a competition. But Well, you're. you're Well, originally, before I was going to have you on, I was going to be like. I was going to be like local filmmaker. But then I was going to be like. Then I, then I thought writer. But now you're telling me. No. I don't like any of the names. I don't like being a film. I'm a filmmaker. What are you, Johnny? Uh, I, well, on my, volunteer firefighter. No, all my stuff, like on that cover fly thing, I put, um, I'm either a, a future pro screenwriter or homeless Aspiring. person or both. I feel Let's like, see. I feel like that's kind of like. Because if you're probably a pro screenwriter, you don't get paid a lot, so you're probably homeless. I, <laughs> I feel like that's the same thing, though, like when people, uh, people like, do uh on scripts um to be titled or like title in the works or whatever it is like no one wants to read yeah, that. i've it's seen like, that like why just, don't you just, just put fucking something. put a title that's like what you're doing right now though with like oh i'm not really a screenwriter i'm like homeless like, i'm a screenwriter in the sense that i write screenplays but i'm not what a screenwriter in the what sense if i put I aspiring screenwriter i don't like the word aspiring <laughs> well you can't put future because that's just pompous me no i said i'm i well the thing the thing that I like about the future screenwriter. I'm, I'm either uh-huh. a future screenwriter or a homeless person. Dot dot dot. We'll see. Like it's me pointing at. I'm not. Can you imagine though, if me, if I write that about someone that's on my podcast, that seems such like an such an asshole thing to do. Put quotation marks around it and put my name. Okay, that I'll do that. <laughs> I'll do that. Jeez, that. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I'm very careful about how I present yourself. Well, not present myself, but how I talk about me. Like, I don't... No, yeah, you want to be modest. Um, you have how many siblings? Four. You have four siblings. How many of them help you with their films? Well, cr- my sister, my oldest sister, Chris, makes all the posters. Or the thumbnails. Yeah, like, you told me that. Like, the... the your, your family is awesome, man. They help you so much. Your dad, you had a pretty good Tony, one. oh my god, My dad what a, what is... The- is an is a an award winning practical effects director or whatever they're called, and are you being sarcastic? He, no, I'm not being sarcastic. Really? he should have been. I'm saying that he could have been like an award winning special effects. Okay, guy. We, on Blessed of the Meek when we had those the 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 car tires blow up and that shit coming out of the wall, we had like an actual practical effects side being like, "How'd you guys do that, bro?" <laughs> I gotta tell you guys. Listen, so I'm gonna put you know Johnny's uh, screenplay in the description. I'm gonna put his YouTube channel, his Instagram. Johnny Cruz, nice. All of that, all, all of that in uh, the description. Um, but anything you watch, his father, what a what a guy he, he. And I'm sure he hears this enough, but you know, in the event that he ends up listening to this, or in the event that um, I need to remind you, not that I should. Your father is the man. Yeah, I know. He is awesome. I when I was filming with you, I was like, this guy is so cool. <laughs> He's awesome, and like I would actually talk with him. He reminds me of Forrest Whitaker. I don't know why. I don't. I don't. I think it's his voice. I don't know what he's it a, is. He's a strange character. Not strange, like in the way that he's weird, but like the like the things that he like. He's like, um, how's the Dotson? 
It's good. We put it in the back. Okay. Line. I'm sorry I interrupted you. I wanted to know. But um, it's funny how he just knows everything. Like when, H- like when you're young, when you're really young, you think your parents just know everything. But my dad literally knows everything. Yeah, when you're, I was just talking about this <laughs> somebody. It's like when you're young, you think your your parents figured it all out. Right. They didn't, but <laughs> Tony did. I mean, he's, he's got like, it. Well, Tony can figure anything. I like out. how you he call can't. your dad Tony. Well, I'm I'm only calling him Tony because you do. Okay. But he can he can figure like anything out. Like on the like on the, my newest one. Like yeah, his dad, new. You're. I need I need sparks to come out of the wall. Oh my god! About the outlet, not just the wall. The, oh, outlet. the outlet. Yeah. And he goes, oh yeah, like two seconds, and he well, already had something. Do it. How do you do it? He put, um, so he got some copper wire. Okay. Because he just ha- you know he has a he has just had the hot yeah as you do yeah of course <laughs> but um and then he put. He put the copper wire around the um, the whatever you, on, on the the plug. Like okay. The, the prongs in the plug. Yeah. And then he put it. He, t- he turned the power off in the room. Put it in the wall. And then I set up the camera. And then I went, "All right, ten seconds, do it." And then he pressed the power on. And then when the power came on, it zapped. <sighs> Tony. Tony. At, fir- at first, he got smoked a few t- a few times because he put a paper towel in there to make it smoky. But we, I didn't put that in. Which uh, building did you do that in? That was the same room Sleeping Between was in. Okay. Yeah, man. He was also the newscaster guy on Still Sadie. He was the voice for that. I think I knew that. I think you, I don't know if, was his face involved in it or just no, his voice? No, just his voice. I think I knew and my that. mom's voice was the interviewer. So yeah, my dad, so my dad Your family does, is so cool, so man. So Julia start, I'm going to do one more with my little sister, Julia. If okay. She, if she, she was in if one, I right? Convince her. She was in upon. Re- she was in two. She did upon reflection in the new one. Oh, she was. That's Julia. Yeah, I'm gonna do okay. another two minute one, and then uh, Jesse and Marissa were the podcasters in, um, in Still Sadie. Johnny, man, I like it makes me feel so warm and so happy. Like that's so cool. Like I, you don't get it. You you get it. You do get it. But well, I kind of like seeing like when I like on the little ones that I've done. I like seeing like all cruises on the credits. Yeah, that's so you know? cool. I think that's what helps me a little bit if I like enter in the film fest into f- festivals. Do you people like, oh, it's the family it's did it? Film. That's a good for a family, you know. Wow. Or like, yeah. That's no, that's really cool. Um. By the way, like, so okay, I, I want to say this one more time to everybody. All Johnny stuff is gonna be in the description. You gotta go check it out. Um, just because you know. He's very passionate, and and I'm I, I'm telling you, if you are if you also, are also I a might writer, I might know what I'm talking about. He might, he might. Not too sure really? yet. Really, you know what's what's it's uh, the jury hasn't decided about that yet. It, we're still we're still the out. Jury's still out, or the jury's yes, yeah, the jury's the jury's still out. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. But look, you go, it, go look at his channel. Go read in the description. Go read that screenplay. If you're a writer, if especially if you're new, or if you're you know you're trying to you know loosen up or tighten up some loose ends, and if you want to see where other people like your age or where you are like compared to them, where compare yourself to them, do it. Like also, here's you gotta you can't lose reading the screenplay because one, if it's good, you can learn something, and, and if, if it's bad, bad, you feel good about yourself. No, if if it's if it's bad, well, yeah, you feel good good about yourself, but it's also an example of what not to do. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> But when I so when I when I read, but I suspect that it's good. Like what I feedback I got is when I read what you write. You and I have, and I I don't know if you've noticed this. I definitely have that. You and I have two different tastes when it comes to story. Um, I like going a certain way. I'm more of like a, I can't e- I can't even explain it. But you and I have two different tastes in story. But when I read your stuff, regardless of the story. 
I'm like, this is well written. And a lot of the things I'm like, I wish I came up with that line. That's mm-hmm. a good line. Um, and I don't want to give you too much power. Um, no, keep going. <laughs> but uh, get your hands out from it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm it was a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke because of what you, what we just said. Anyway, you're. It's good. It's funny, and um, that like you just, I don't know. And this is what I was saying before that you spend so much time, you know, working on your craft that it really shows. And um, one of the things people don't realize and should realize is that, and I know every, you've oh, you've you've heard people say your entire life, and I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to everybody, is that. Things don't happen overnight, and the way you get progress is consistency, right? right? And even if like it's working out, if you work out once a week, it's better than n- nothing, right? right? And that's consistency. It's the small stuff. It, it's small habits are better than you know just putting a whole bunch of energy into one thing and then ending up hating it. You know, I've done that a lot of times, and I'm regretful of doing that. It's the small habits that build, and you've been doing this for such a long time. You're really every single day, every single month, whatever. You're more and more perfecting your craft. And that's something I want people to understand, especially the writers, because I know there's writers listening to this. I know there's filmmakers listening to this. And I want you to understand that it's not just going to be in a second. You're not just going to get it. You're going to film things you hate. You're going to make mistakes that you wish you could fix, but it's too late. You're going to write things that you share with people, and you're not going to be happy right. about it. you got to go through the mess. And I, I, I thought, because I, okay, so my first script, I, my first script was a Western, because Western is the best genre. But <laughs> okay. the second script I wrote, which is the one that won the competition, when I go back, I tried to go back and read that because I did like 15 drafts. I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. But I, if I go back and read that, I got to like page 30. I'm like, I can't fucking read this. Yeah. It's so bad. But it's not. It's just, it's. You've gotten better. That's what I, that's what I suspect. Because like, there's one like, you know, when you write something, you're like, this is so good. And then time goes by and you're like, it's not good anymore. There might, the reason for not thinking it's good anymore might be that you're just better at what? Yeah, imagine wh- how Stephen King feels. He's got like 120 books. Imagine him reading uh, his first. Stephen King freaks me out. He's all. Uh, do you see this? How big this book is? Yeah, no, that's why he freaks me out. It's huge. This is awesome. I the stand is so good. I don't want to get into Stephen King. I'll be here forever. Anyway, um, no, you definitely. So, for I'm re- I'm at, I want to talk and about the only uh, reason that I'm letting people read Doors of Perception is because I haven't. I can still read it and enjoy it. Okay, good, good. When I, I want to talk about acting real quick because when I acted in, in your thing, I was so underprepared. And this is something I want to talk to you about, not just about me, but, and not that you asked, but I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to give you some feedback, right? When we were filming Doors Perfe- per- Perception, Bless you. Blessed the Meek. Blessed the Meek. I'm so sorry. Blessed the Meek. Apology not accepted. Okay. <laughs> Redacted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when we were filming Blessed the Meek, uh, you were like, I have, I've had all these actors, I, I assume this is what you like, I've had all these actors, i got my friends, i got I got the Dannys, I've got, um, you know, my family, I'm gonna get some new people, new faces, um, and you were, I, I imagine I was the only other male actor you knew, so you were like, Mark, come do this for me, and I was like, alright, and you were like, what else, and I'm like, hey, I'll get you some other people, and, but when we started, although I read the script, and I'm definitely at fault for a lot of this. I was so lost as to what the character was like, mm-hmm. and I was afraid of inserting my my own idea of what he was into it because I felt like you were so in love with the story you wrote. I didn't know who to be, so I did what I did, and like I look back at it, I'm like, Jesus Christ, Mark, you had no idea what you're doing. Um, and then I look at the things I acted in recently, and I'm like, oh, that was really good. Right. Um, like one of the things I did, I I got hit by a car, and like I was on, I was bleeding out. Oh yeah. 
I was, yeah, I was bleeding out on the ground. That was fun. Um, then there was uh, I, I, some things I did at school where I, where I had to act like I was someone's boss and I was like basically sexually assaulting them. I was like, that was really good. And even my like acting professor was like, bro, that was really good. Um, but I look back at like Blessed Are the Meek and I'm like, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, but like, but the th- the reason why, the reason why, I'm so sorry. The reason why is not only because I didn't do enough, like I didn't ask you enough questions. And that was definitely a fault on my part. I want to ask you, do you feel, and you can tell me no, and I'll, I'll do some more self-reflection. Do you feel like you could have told not just me, but everyone else a little bit more about who their character was? Yeah. But when I look back at that, it's, there's a lot of it's fun. A, by it's the a, way. Sh- yeah, it, it was a fuck ton of fun. You know, there's some lines in it that are, that are cringy. Yeah. But like for, you know, like a first short film involving like. No, it was every, great. Involving Holy a lot shit, of shit. It was great. It's literally a miracle. <gasps> it that, was that fucking that awesome. Finished that. Oh my gosh, Johnny. You know how happy everyone was? Like I thought everybody did good in that. You know how happy everyone was? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was so much fun. Johnny, that was like the best like four weeks of like that summer or whatever. Like that was great. That was so much fun. And um, what's it called? Uh, and when Kayla was in it and, and oh, she did a great job. John Carlos. Well, I, oh, Kayla I, did two characters. She did she, the British lady. She did. She did do. But she was her yeah. face was off screen. And then so when I killed John Carlos and yeah. he had bruises, dude, dude real I bruises. Remember, I remember <laughs> <laughs> me and Danny, me and Barker were crying <laughs> because you were you were like showing him the fight choreography. And usually, like when you see behind the scenes footage of like they're like, okay, so you're gonna do that, and it's like really slow. You would just start beating the shit out of him. <laughs> and we're like, dude, what the? F-? It's so funny because when I went to school, I was one of the only people on the entire campus that knew fight choreography and um, and had like actual real, you know, martial arts experience. And I had like fighting experience and for the majority of my life. And so at school, at the like the first first few weeks of the of the of the quarter, they're like, all right, we're having like a convention, basically, where everyone like tells, oh, we're doing these senior projects what are everyone's credentials? Maybe you could help us. I've raised my hand in front of like 100 and, or 200 people, 300 people. And I said, oh, hey, my name is this, this, and that. I know these things. I'm an actor. Cool. They wrote down my information. About a week and a half later, I get a call. Hey, can you come choreograph a scene for us? I'm like, hell yeah. And the scene was there were people that were trying to jump over the border. And cops find them. This is for like a... A senior project for okay. SCAD. Um Cops find them and detain them, but, like, aggressively. So I had to choreograph, like, eight detainings or eight arrests and how a cop would do it. So I obviously couldn't use, like, real naked chokes and stuff. Right. But um, it was a lot of fun because the people there were so involved in their craft. Like, we got so sweaty. We did a lot of work. Even the director was there, and he let me, like, basically manhandle him to explain how things were done. You and then John Carlos him. Yeah. And then or there was... Mark Urbino, no, Mark Urbino. Gerbino, yes. Or, sorry. Whatever, no, I don't really care. But, and then the, uh, what's the guy that draws the scenes? Uh, storyboard, storyboard, yeah, he was there drawing what I was doing. So it was really cool, but, um, because the, the actors, and this is why John Carlos loved it, because he, he loves acting. The actor, when I was at SCAD, they, they wanted me to really go for it, and, um, I showed them everything, and because of, uh, Corona, I don't know whatever happened to that senior project. They were supposed right. to they were supposed to go to Texas to film. Um so it's like probably not even gonna happen anymore. Um and he, he this was his last quarter, so he's already graduated probably. So 
going to probably never happen because um, I would have gotten an email about it. But it was really cool. So, I mean, like, where you and um, the Dannys or whoever, Barker it was, were laughing about it. Yeah, it's fucking funny. But he was in love with what he was doing. Yeah, like, so, dude, he was posting the bruises on Instagram. Yeah. Like, happy about it. You know what's funny? In Sleep in Between, the, the, there's the scenes when he has the eyes open and his eyes are, like, watering or whatever. Yeah. And there'd be scenes like, how'd you get his eyes to do that? He left them open. And I'm like, no, that's just his eye. Like... Oh yeah, you know it's. So, I yeah, just there was so that true. one shot of when his eyes are like tearing and he's do, he's doing this. Yeah, I just I was just in the background going, "Don't you fucking close those eyes!" Yeah, <laughs> he just wouldn't do it for like eight minutes. He didn't blink or something. You some know shit. what's crazy about the sleep between when you you didn't really pitch it pitch it to me, but you told me about it, and I really liked the idea. And I told you at the time. I actually kind of talked about it before we started. I have like a really bad insomnia. Like, it really bad. Like, I'll go, like, three weeks at a time, like, sleeping only 40 hours in total. Um, I, like... I'm doing division, or, yeah, division in my head. Three weeks. A little closer. That's 21 days. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm... Divided it, it, by I, it, That's hyperbole, but... Okay. It's... I... I have awful ins- insomnia to the point where, like, uh, if there's one light showing, like, a really small, like, on that uh, smoke detector... Like, I, I can't fall asleep. If uh, the heater is ticks once, I can't fall asleep. My breathing wakes me up. I don't snore. My breathing wakes me up. My eyelashes wake me up. Um, sometimes I can hear my heartbeat if I lay down on my ear. Um, that wakes me up. I have really bad insomnia. Um, and like you I know what might help, even though I have no expertise in this at all? What I've been doing is whenever I'm writing something, I just take a movie that I watch that, like, is I want to be, that, that I want the script to be like. Uh-huh. And then I watch that before I, I watch the first fifteen minutes before I go to bed, and it almost sends my brain like, "All right, it's time to go to sleep." Like in it, like so like, it's kind of like a meditation kind right, of thing. Right, like the script I'm writing now is a mix of network, uh, network, uh, all the presidents' men, and every single UFO movie ever. <laughs> so I've been watching all the presidents' men before I go to bed. I watch like the first fifteen minutes, and then I go to it sends my it sends your brain it's like a trigger. Almost. But what happens to me? Is I mean like I've had Ambien, I, I take melatonin, I've tried a lot of I've tried a lot of things. What happens to me is I get nervous that I won't fall asleep, and because I, because that happens, my heart rate increases. Right. And bec- you can't fall asleep if your heart rate is too fast. So then I just sit in my bed and I panic the entire time and I don't fall asleep. You try making it colder in here. Y- yeah, I mean like in the, my previous home, I had a window right by my my bed and I left it open. I got it really cold, and that's better for me. Um, I like the cold when I sleep, but um, I just I get too nervous. I I've been in a good bout though, where I I've been sleeping like really well for a while, but it's really bad. But anyway, that's why when you showed me sleep between, I was like, this is so cool. I really like this, and I feel like like I wish I was involved in just like watching it happen while it was being filmed, because I would have loved to like see you know what your thought process was, because like it like really like was a part of, like, what I was going through. Um, so I was really cool. And uh, the only thing, right, and this is what I was saying before, where our story minds are different, whereas, like, how we write whatever, but, like, our like you like a certain kind of story and I like a certain kind of story. I feel like there's a lot, like, it was very experimental. I think you told me that, right? You said... A little abstract. For abstract, me. that's the word. But it's still kind of, I guess it makes sense. No, like, if you sit down, yeah, it obviously makes sense. I mean, like, you have to do, so, and, and it'll make sense in many different ways. Like, you can take so many different messages from it. Um, I got to say, the best part of it, right, was definitely John Carlos. 
Yeah. And like he he made that because I feel like I wasn't there, but did he follow your direction like really well? Because I feel like he he would have done exactly what he told you to do, what you told him to do. Well, yeah, I would just say, hey, go to put your glasses on when you leave. I see something over there. And he goes, all right. And then we would do every take. We would just keep doing takes until he got. Sometimes it would take like 15, and I would just have like a 20-minute long take or something. Yeah. And other times he would just get a first try. And then, like the eye thing was just, we just did that once. Yeah. It was eight minutes, but he just kept his eyes open. <laughs> and they were tearing, and that worked. But it so really cool. good. I don't like my sis. People are like, "Yeah, your sister Julia did really good." Like, yeah, she did. Like when you watch upon reflection and cognizant, for the most part, it looks like she's actually. Yeah. It lo- doesn't. It doesn't look like she's act- acting, but not really in John Carlos' case. But in her case, it's like she's she's not an actor. So every single time she acted good, is in that. Like there wasn't like like after like I didn't put anything. How do I explain this? I think I understand what you're saying. Right. Every. Every good take is in. Yeah, the only good takes are in the. Yeah, movie. like that's why she looks so good. Yeah, like, obviously I'm, she did. She's gotten it. better though, right? I feel like she's done this a lot for yeah, you. Yeah, it was a lot easier the second. Is sec- she the one that on did the makeup? Yeah, and yeah, for yeah, okay. Um, she did better. She did way better the second time on Cognizant, and th- like the thing about the silent ones, like sleeping between, like has like two words. In yeah, it. has like no dialogue. And then upon reflection is mostly silent. That's another thing you like. You like you like the. The facial expressions you like the because right. uh, well it's easier because like if you have to like if my like if I had to do a thing with my with Julia and she's not an actor and I had to make her like say a bunch of lines, it would be tough because right but yeah and, but I can just rely on showing her face and then cutting to something like that whatever it's like the Khrushchev I forget what the effect is no I know you're I but know it you're does a lot of the heavy lifting well I love see that's where we're different I exactly what you're saying I totally believe and it's like. Hell yeah! One of the biggest moments in in you know, cinema history involves no dialogue. Like, what's that one scene in uh, Citizen Kane where he's just like walking between like the, that hall of mirrors or whatever, and it's like, wow, he's in pain. Um, like the best one of the be- some of the best stuff in cinema history is has no dialogue. But I love dialogue personally. That's why I use a lot of dialogue when I write right. because I a lot of my writing like you're like the sleep between. Um, in between. Sleep in between. I'm sorry. Accepted a lot of, a lot of your writing and I f- is like about a person's relationship with themselves, with with, and before you tell me if I'm right or wrong, when I write, I love doing that. However, I like the relationship someone has with themselves because of somebody else. So like, if there's a man and uh, a woman and they're dating, they're well, shit. I guess you're right. Yeah, the well, re- at least in the short films, yeah. The reason why I love dialogue so much is because let's say the sleep in between, John Carlos, that's that's his life, and he that's how he feels with in himself, and and try to imagine yourself writing a novel so you can write his thoughts. Okay, that's how he feels with himself. Now imagine if the story was expanded, and he has to go see his. Uh, his daughter, who's not allowed, to, who he could only see with the with like viewing of a, a lawyer or whatever, because he right. like got divorced or something. Imagine his relationship not with only the daughter, but with his like ex wife or ex girlfriend. Yeah. He has to deal with that, and also what he's doing at home and how crazy he's getting. So that's what I like. Imagine how wrecked and how destroyed this person is inside, then how he has to try to hide it or how it hurts other people. So I feel like you talk about people with themselves. 
which I really like. And that requires, in film, no dialogue. And you do it very well. So I understand that. The difference between you and me, though, is I like including the other person. That's it. That's it. Um. I feel like I picked that apart pretty well. I, I li- that's what I like about. Yeah, I never your really stuff. thought about about them that way. Yeah, get the mic. <laughs> I never really thought about them that way. Yeah. Um. I s- that that yeah, and that's what I see. And I mean, like, I watch. Oh, I mean, like, listen, f you, Johnny. Like, don't come knocking on my door, okay? Because I don't I don't like you at all. But I watch every single one of your videos the second it comes out. <laughs> Not only because. You know, you're my friend, and I enjoy it. But because, like I said before, it lets me know where I am. Right. And, um, like, I, I and when when you messaged Kayla and I, hey, I sent out another one. I was like, fuck you, Johnny. You're, you're <laughs> late to the game. I already saw it. Um, like, it's very important to me. And, like, when Kayla's, like, I'm writing music. When Kayla's like, got a live stream on Instagram, I want to know what it's about. I want to know what you're doing. When my friend uh, Kevin, who's also a filmmaker, who's gonna who's doing a, a film right now, who's going to be on the podcast, I always make sure I, you know, I keep in touch with him. I want to know what he's doing. My friend Danny, who I'm gonna film with uh, soon, as soon as COVID dies down, or as soon as winter dies down, or whatever. Um, I always keep in touch with him, see what he's doing. I I like to um, keep in touch, but also consume their content because not only will it help me, like we said about people reading your screenplay, but um, I like to know who they are, so I know how to talk to them and with right. them, you know. Um, like even just watch like a lot of the film terms that people use. Like I just if you I watch like around a movie. I try to get a movie a day, but like usually I get Watch Fury when you go home. What's that? Watch Fury when you go home. Fury? Fury. F U R Y. Oh yeah, okay. Um but like I kinda know know the words for some a lot of techniques. Neither do I. Neither like do I, I just I've know it because 'cause I've known it because I've seen it somewhere. I don't that have that's the other thing. It. I went to film school, I ha- hated it. But I went there for like two and a half months because that was a quarter. It's not like I quit, I quit then. I finished the quarter, which is like a semester for them. But I went there, and they were teaching me all these terms and all these things. And I'm like, that's really important to know when you're working on set with a lot of people. Um, but if you're like someone like Tarantino who like did it on his own, you're going to learn on your own, and you're going to have a way of doing it where even if you say something wrong, no one's going to care because you're the fucking man. You're the right. man. So it makes me feel even better knowing someone like you who writes – as well as you do, and films with the resources you you have as well as you do, I'm like, you know what? This makes me feel better because for someone who who will openly say, I don't know the technical terms, however, I know how to do my job, that that's good. Right. That makes me feel good because like you don't need to talk the talk all the time, but you need to walk the walk. You know, you need action speak louder than words. You know, so that's that's basically what you're saying, or right? that's what I'm taking from what you just said. Yeah. Um. How am I doing? Am I am I am I screwing you open pretty well? That means am I am I am I am I understanding you pretty well? Yeah. Um, not the other. The fuck does that mean? We keep looking at over there. No, I don't think so. I feel like there's somebody right here. Maybe it's the. You know my my sister thinks this place is haunted. I don't think it is. This this house where uh, people that died nine eleven lived in this house, but I don't think they would have. All my friends' houses are. I don't think w- they would have migrated back here to haunt this house. It's kind of weird. You know uh, Danny uh, Kellett? Yeah, Kellett. The, the yeah, I know who Kellett is. Come on. He, apparently Business major? His house, his ha- they had like a priest come and bless their house. Really? I asked him. Somebody told me like, hey, Kellett got beat up by a ghost once. No, wait. I remember yeah. that joke. 
And I swear, I swear. Well, it wasn't he, a joke. It's a true thing. Or whatever. But I went up to him. We were, I don't, I forget where we were. But he was talking to someone. And I go up. And I go, hey, Kellen, I heard you got beat up by a ghost. And he grabs me by my oh, shirt yeah, yeah. and throws me up by the ball. Goes, who told you about that? <laughs> oh my gosh, Kellen. Kellen is one of those guys that looks like he's gonna be an asshole, but he's so nice. Yeah, he's so nice, and it's not because he. It just like. He looks like. An he asshole. looks like, and you know why he looks like an asshole. He's fucking huge. Um, and I don't even want to tell him that. But he doesn't look like an asshole, but he might look like. I mean, when he, he looks like he has I, the capacity always, to be an asshole. Right. I always make fun of him for how he presses the button and blasts out of the meat. <laughs> poor guy he's awesome i remember having a conversation with him about business and about like uh what kind of businesses you should open up now that like the world's changing yeah. but apparently um, he's building a he's on the construction crew building um another wing to uh laguardia i think what's that the airport oh i knew the i i the name sounded familiar yeah, I've heard LaGuardia, like a bunch of times. stop touching my feet johnny your feet were all the way over here. <laughs> With that, I'm I'm kidding. I don't care. Um, yeah, it's great. We gotta. Well, do you have any plans on filming something again, or do you have plans on writing something new? Well, I have a uh, another. I made another. I I think I'm gonna make three because originally during quarantine I was gonna make three little shorts of Julia. The first one I did, and then I just put it off until December. But they're like I'm just gonna make those two the another one of those two minute ones and have three of them and just call it like the paranoia trilogy or something like that. So I'm going to film that probably around this month with uh, Julia. And then I, uh, the feature I started writing after, um, George Perception, is the documents with an exclamation point. You know what's a good example? I'm sorry, you remember you know how I was just saying that like how you film a person's relationship with themselves and mine's a person's relationship with themselves compared to others? Um, remember when I was kind of pissing to you that like Vietnam thing where it's like that guy... Yeah. Is like trying to keep his friend alive. Meanwhile, he's starving and he's really dehydrated and all. And he just keeps thinking about home and how he wishes he can be there and how he wishes he he didn't leave and he. Oh, I wish I married her. I wish I right. told my father I loved him or whatever. That's the difference between you. It's like where if, let's say you came up with that story and I came up with that story separately from each other, your story would be about him in Vietnam, and doing what he has to do to survive. Whereas my story is yeah that's true, but he's ta- he's thinking about other people. I think that's a good way to explain how we're a little different. I don't I don't know though cuz not like you came up with that and I came up right. with it differently so it's whatever but I don't know just thinking about that. Um Well I mean I guess every story is a bit, like I guess I mean it might just fit cuz every story kind of deals with Well yeah, about I mean themselves. like if you if you wrote a feature like upon reflection is like literally almost about you know, you're al- you're also writing short like short so it's like you're not going to fucking fit all that in there, you yeah. know? So it makes a, it makes a, a lot more shorts sense. Are fun though. Yeah, a little shorts are fun. It's easy with no dialogue. That's the thing, too, I like about the no dialogue thing. It's like... Shorts are fucking talent, man. When, yeah. when you don't have any dialogue, you kind of have to rely on your your technique and the camera and stuff like that. And I think for the... I think Cognizant probably has... Cognizant and parts of Upon Reflection have, like, the best camera technique, I think, out of all of them. Do you still have the same camera? Yeah. What camera is that? A Canon... 8OD. I call it an 8OD because it's ADD, like the word, but it just sounds like ADD. Oh, yeah. It does. Just fitting and for I, a camera it. that I would have. Yeah, do you have ADD? I had ADHD really bad when I was little, but not so much anymore. Probably a little bit more now. A little bit less now. 
Gotcha. But I used to have it really bad. Like I, it was to the point where like people would be like, Hey, don't go in that classroom and just sit for 40 minutes. Don't do anything bad. And I literally couldn't, <laughs> it was like somebody else was in control. I, it's looking back. It's, I was talking about that yesterday with my sister. Like, it's so weird how like, That's I just so couldn't keep my shit together. It happens. Well, so I don't want to ask it. It sounds like stupid. It sounds annoying, but excuse you. All right. All right. That one was you. Um, yeah, don't even have to All look. Right. Well, like, I want, I my look, foot's literally touching look, my chair. I didn't want anybody watching. Be like, what the fuck just happened? Gotcha. Anyway, um, so what? What's the? Uh, I'm like, if it, if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. What's but what's the plan? What's what's the next step for uh, for Johnny, Johnny Cruz? Um, I'm just gonna keep making the shorts. I'm gonna make that two minute one, and then I'm probably gonna make something longer after that. Maybe like when when this uh, when the summer Winter rolls around. That's enough, yeah. Um, but mainly I'm sticking with the whole screenwriting thing. Huh. I'm just going to keep writing and entering my scripts into festivals and, or how many of those have you won or placed in? I won one. I've placed in a lot. Um, I haven't really, I haven't really gotten an opportunity to send or perception out yet. That one's going to do good, Johnny. It's going to do good. Oh, tell uh, me the thing I was confused about when you said, uh, subconscious, unconscious. Remember, I texted yeah, no. you. Well, it's in the. What do you said call he, it? he said you're going to be able. We're going to be able to view. It's, it's in in psychoanalytic terms, it's the un the unconscious. But I don't know if I phrased it correctly, saying your mind's unconscious or something. I don't know. I just because because when I, little thing. I could be wrong. I feel like he's like we're going to be able to view your unconscious, and I'm not as well versed in what's going on as well, you, what, so it just like, sounded weird. What he says the the treatment's going to be, not telling them it's actually going to be LSD. In other in other things, um, but what he tells them is that they're going to be utilizing a f- group form of psychoanalysis or whatever, like just you know, which which they interpret your unconscious behavior, like your dreams and stuff like that. Yeah, I keep uh, my voice keeps cutting out. That's because you're t- you're talking this way. Am I? Yeah, you look brace it up, bro. Like fucking play with it. I thought I was talking directly into it. How about now? Yeah, I mean, like I'm like look 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 look. I don't want to eat. Th- I don't want to eat this thing. Take. Take this off. Maybe that, that'll be different for you. Is it working? I mean, like, it's not really do much, but, like, you might be able to tell. Probably, it's probably working a little bit better now. Probably tell where it is. Don't these mics look cool? I like yeah, these. They do they're, so, they're so pretty. I could have used this during during uh, Still Sadie. You could have. Oh, by the way, um, whether you need me for, like, you know, some uh, set stuff or production or acting, you let me know. Like, you know, like, Mark, can I borrow your lights? Hell yeah. If you like, Mark, can I like use your setup? Like, hell yeah. Like, I got like boom mics. I've got like shit I don't need. Um, you just let me know. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fuck, man. How many? For the, um, one more thing. For the, uh, the screenplay, uh, towards the perception, how, you said you read books for it, right? Oh, yeah. I, re- uh, the title isn't, the title came from, I got it from Aldous Huxley's The Doors of Perception book, which is his experiments with mescaline. And he got The Doors of Perception from William Blake, who had the quote that I quote in the beginning. You're, that's a, like, you read a lot for this stuff, which is another reason why it's like incredible that you read a good amount. I don't know if I read. Any amount is a lot for most people. So, what are you, are you reading anything right now? I got. Um, oh, you see, did you hear that? Yeah, I did hear that. That's what that's what these are for. All right. I got um Paul Tom there's a this guy, I don't know a lot about the author, but there's a book on Paul Thomas Anderson. It's called Paul Thomas Anderson Masterworks that I started reading. Because he's my favorite director. Your favorite director. 
<laughs> I'm ki- what? You can make fun of me. I can't make fun of you. When did I make fun of you? I'm fr- I'll find a place. I'll, f- I'll find a place in this podcast where you make fun right, of me. Fine. Make sure you cut out that one thing. Okay, I'll cut. I'll cut. A, I'll cut the one thing out. So I'm not gonna know. So only I look like an asshole. <laughs> um, that's so funny. Oh, by the way, so I feel like so we're coming to an end here for this Are episode. We? I feel like we might be. No, I, I think we can go actually a little bit longer. But um, so I wanted to talk about this. I, I wanted to make sure it didn't go too long. Um, but we're actually fucking great for time. Um, when how we met you, Kayla, and I is the is it's so normal. Well, we were so annoying. So, Kayla, Johnny, and well, I... especially me, because I wouldn't shut up. So, I, I know you guys don't know who Kayla is yet, but you will. But Kayla, Johnny, and I, we're like the, the trio. We always talk to each other about film and stuff. We met each other in a film class amongst other people and whatever. We were we were the loud kids. We were the kids that... And I don't mean, like, totally obnoxious, but we would answer a lot of questions. We were like, oh, my God. Like, we, were, we would talk... When the we would just inject our yeah, and, and when everything. the professor wasn't there, everyone would be quiet, and we'd come in and start talking. Remember when I had a pink mohawk, which is by the way the the uh, what's the word the um, inspiration for the podcast logo? I had a pink mohawk, and I had to buzz it off because I was tired of it. But they didn't buzz it off close enough, so it looked like I had uh, like the blonde tips. The uh, oh yeah, and yeah, you yeah. walked in, you're like. And I was like, no, I, I didn't thought it was the funniest. Shit I didn't ever. try to do this. This was an accident, and I was so angry. I don't know why I wasn't wearing my hat. Like, what the hell's wrong with me? I must have forgot it or something. Um, that was a great class. I love. I'm so happy that I met you guys. And like, we're, yeah, it was fun. We're great together. I got yelled at, but for the first time, because you put your feet on the on the chair, Dude, right? Well, I I hadn't gotten like the teacher hadn't had to call me back to class to like talk about my behavior. Oh, really? And since like. What do you call it? Since like junior that. year of high school, and that's so. He funny. called me back after class. He's like, you can't, you can't do that, man. Well, I think because you were challenging his authority. Well, it was weird. I was sitting. I was. Just, I put my feet on a chair. Yeah, like everybody well, does. I don't. It was weird. I I understand, and it was a weird thing to complain about. But you were also challenging his authority, and yeah, he's su- he's supposed to be the professor. So I got. So I feel like he wasn't really angry about you having a feet in a chair, but because you right. complained about it, that's what made it bad. Right. Well, I wasn't complaining. I was kind of like joking about it. Yeah, but I mean, like, you're looking at you're like, come on, man. Like, yeah. that's well, a lot of like, times bro. I look back. I look back on like things I've gotten in trouble for, and like ninety nine percent of the time, I deserve to get in trouble for it. Yo, there was <laughs> only a few times where I was like, "This is Wait. bullshit. I didn't even do it." Remember the picture I sent you of you sleeping in class? Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to bring that up before. Yeah. God, oh my gosh. I slept. I oh, got. Wait, wait, I, let bar- me, I, let almost, me I almost failed my understanding. Film let class. me explain this. This kid, this random kid on my Snapchat, posted a story saying, um, "You know, flashback to when my partner in this film class fell asleep for the entire project." <laughs> and then I was like, "Yo, that looks like that looks like Johnny." And then I, ta- I messaged the guy. I was like, "Hey, can I take a screenshot of this?" He's like, "Yeah, go for it." I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to John. I'm like, Johnny, is this you? He's like, "Oh my gosh, it is me." I remember sleeping <laughs> in that specific day too. Oh my gosh. That's all I did. Why? In high school, I used to take Benadryl before I went to school so I can sleep in first period. What was first period? English. English? With, um, what's her name? I wouldn't know what her name is. I, I didn't, didn't go to your high school. Forget her name. I think it was Miss McCann. Uh, Miss McCann. What high school did you go to? Memorial. Memorial. Get the talk. I don't know what, what it is. I can actually... No, it's too late now. It's whatever. Because um, I'm like right on it because they're dynamic. I just don't want it here. You know what? Screw it. I'll just take this off again, and I can go closer. I'm gonna get Kayla in here, and she's gonna be like, she's gonna be like, "This is how you use these mics, Mark." <laughs> okay, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry," and like, because she's all about that. Um, 
What's his name? No, that was the funniest thing, man. But like how we met, um, and then when we were uh, had to do that film where we take pictures. Oh yeah, I, I feel like about that. that was really constrictive. I, I didn't get it. I wish it was like, oh, I could have been more fun. Like we saw the end. I saw the end result, and I was like, I don't get what this is. Yeah. Oh my was god. I, was I even there when we showed it? I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. Yo, but I. The one thing about all this though, about um, about the coronavirus, like I, I'm doing a lot of my own stuff. Right, I'm writing. I'm YouTubing. I'm, you know, going to doing like online classes. I fucking miss being a part of a set and being and you know acting and stuff and. I had that for a little bit during Corona because some people like grabbed me. He was like, "Hey, let's you know, come work, come right. help us work this out." And I was like, oh, "Okay, that sounds great." But otherwise, I'm like I'm so out of it. And I know like you, you, Kayla, and I, and a couple other people that I was in touch with, we were talking about starting something new again. But then I'm sitting here, I'm like, "Bro, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. I've got so much on my plate, I can't just fit it in." And then like, I don't know, God, like, do you feel like you're missing out on something? Like doing all this? No. You, you're completely uh, fulfilled. You feel like I don't. I don't. I didn't. I don't really want to. You know. I don't think I went to. I don't think I'd be in a pos- better position than I am now if I went to like film school or something. Like maybe connections wise, but like it was the biggest mistake I ever made. And I was there for two and a half months. Right. Like I don't get it. Like I. I feel. I. Well, I work better on my own yet for some reason. I understand. It's that. weird. Like I even when I took that. film classes at OCC, when I was still writing script, like I was still like, "What's fucking bullshit?" Like I'm not doing this. I understand. I almost exactly failed understanding film. I was like, it was me and this other kid who would know where every single shot from the thing was. And we would talk the most, and he probably got a good grade because he's a good student. But I almost failed that class because I just didn't do any of the. Any that of the work. I totally get what you're saying. Like when I was at basically film school, right? I what I wanted to do was is write, and then like I was like, I don't want to. Spend a hundred and twenty thousand dollars to write nothing I want to write, and then come out of it and just be in debt with a job. Yeah, I don't and want. also yeah, like also creatively, but also like the financial sh- yeah. financial situation. Like two and a half well. months got me eighteen thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, no shot. So now I have to work a year and a half and putting all the money I make right back into you know giving it back to the uh, loans because um. I get like I get nothing from the stimulus. I uh, I can't keep my loans at bay because the online school I'm doing doesn't count as being enrolled. So I I have to work for the next year and a half to just pay it all off. Now yeah. it sucks. Like I I I in th- like I have that money now, but if I spend it all, I'll be at zero. Um. So it's like I worked since I was fourteen to basically lose, like as if I dropped my wallet and never found it to lose eighteen thousand yeah. dollars. It's gone. None of the classes are transferable to anything I want. Like it's accredited, but I anything I'm doing now it's not it's non-transferable. So it's like I did I lost everything. And even while I was there because they have requirements, I didn't learn anything about like writing at all. It sucked. Screen learning screenwriting in a, a college class. I don't get it. Yeah, well well when I Paul went Tom- there I, I remember listening to Paul Thomas Anderson once. Like I'm like I'm not try like I'm sure I've never been to one, but I'm sure it's probably you probably get something from it. But Paul Thomas Anderson was talking about how he went to NYU for like two days. Yeah. And the first assignment was write a page of screenplay without dialogue that shows a character trait. And he said he was reading uh, David Mamet's script for Hoff at the time. Yeah. And he was and he took a page where 
he was waiting for somebody and he put a cigarette in between his fingers. If he fell asleep, it would burn and wake him up or whatever. So Paul Thomas Anderson took that page and submitted it and he got a C minus on or C plus on it. Dave Pulitzer Prize winning David Mamet got a C plus. Can you believe that? Screenwriting Yo, class. you don't understand how angry I am. And I've got people in my life trying to explain to me like, oh no, it's like you like you could have learned so much there. You could have like, you know, and even the students there I talked to, when I was asking them, even the, the people the students I lived with, I, uh, mo- I think two of them either got discounted or like got Partial scholarships or full scholarships, um, because their parents like worked there. But I was asking them about that. And they said if I didn't get money off, I would already be trying to find a job in the industry. Right. Because the thing is, some people, yeah, some people can benefit from the education, but most people are like you either have it or you don't. Can you always get better? Yes, but you get better by doing what you do, right? For Working free. on it. Yes, Basically. for free. I'm so disappointed. Well, okay, so when I was a week in. I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to leave. And then um, I I feel like I didn't get a bl- the blessing from some, some from a lot of people. And I felt like, I kind of felt lonely. I was like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I, okay, I guess I have to stay. Like, everyone's telling me to stay. Stupid decision of my life. Because I, I'm losing so much time from it now. But after a week, I wanted to leave. I could have got all my money back. And I didn't because I stayed for two and a half months. And the students... The ones I live with, the ones I went to class with, all said that the, basically the only reason why they're there is for the networking, is for the right. connections. It's not for the education. Um, and although, like Sasha, she goes to that school, the, my first, per- and she's phenomenal. Oh my gosh, what what a what a woman! Like she's a amazing person, and she's one of the most supporting people in my life. And I and I, and, I, and she's incredible for that. And I'll I'll never find more ways to thank her for that. And what she's learned from SCAD and from just being herself. Um, from before to now is astronomical. That's amazing. But do I think she could have done the same without SCAD? Absolutely. Because that's the kind of person she is. Right. She's capable of that. I feel like schools, and I don't care. I don't, I, I'm not like I'm tied to them. I can, I'm going to say their name all I want. Um, but like any school you go to, I feel like for film at least, you can learn it with, without it. But what film school does for you, if you have the money, only go there if you want to network, if you want to get those connections. Right. That's really the only thing it does for you. Also, some of the people you have to be around if you're going into film. Like, I went, okay. If this is, if, that, if I'm describing you, I don't mean it, but I'm kind of talking shit, but I do mean it. Okay, go ahead. So, I, when me and my family were in Boston uh, visiting my sister once, mm-hmm. and we went to Emerson, they were happy, they were having like a tour yeah. or whatever. And we took the tour. Because I, I was a senior in high school or whatever. And I took the tour. And they at the end, they show everything. And we sit down. They go, who here's a f- uh, or wants to go into like film or something like that? And three kids that raise their hand. Me, who was wearing, you know, just a crappy windbreaker with sweatpants. And, mm-hmm. okay. you know, and the other two kids were these kids who were wearing like these fancy jackets with scarves. Like super small jeans with Starbucks sure, cups. Sure. And they were both just... <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to be around them. I don't, and I even people that I went to school with said, I want to, I, I want to dorm with someone who's studying like linguistics. I don't want to go to dorm with someone who's also trying to be a director. This is so annoying. <laughs> it's so stupid. And they actually switched schools because of that. It's not worth it, in my opinion. Um, and also, I'm just some idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, like, I'm not going to tell people. But hold on. Don't but go but to hold film on. School. Well, yeah, you can't tell anyone what 
to do and whatnot to do. You could only start saying that. Well, the thing is, a lot of filmmakers like detest film school, like a lot of good ones. So so it's like I'm and like you can I can say the same thing about myself. Like, how dare I say this? I'm not successful, Mark. Like, who the fuck are you? But seriously, like, I look at what's possible for me to do on my own, and I've accomplished. So much more in this year alone than I did, you know, there at SCAD. Um, like, I learned, okay, like we were talking about this before, I had no idea how to use a camera. I learned everything on my own. I had no idea how to edit. learned everything on my own. I had no idea how to u- do YouTube. Everything on my own. I got so much better at writing. When I came home from school, I saw what I wrote before, and I was like, this is such trash. I threw it out and restarted, and now it's so much better. Like, I learned so much more on my own because I wanted it. Right. But when I was at school... All I was thinking about, I'm spending so much money for things I don't want. When I get out of this, I'm going to have a job I don't want. I'm around people I don't like and people that don't like to be here also. It's like, this sucks. I don't want this. But one, hold on, one thing about Scott, though, is like, the people were really nice. I They were right. so nice to me. They were so nice to everyone. They were so supportive. Beautiful people. But the education wasn't worth it. Yeah. Even like, it, like a, if I, st- I started, I started actually writing... January 2019. And after the really? after that year, I had um I had three second drafts on different scripts. Okay. I had three different scripts I was on they're on their second draft and I had two short films uh made. And then another year went by. Now I have uh three finished scripts, three first drafts and then another three short films. So I have five yeah. short films in total. Like I didn't expect that much progress from, and I and I won a competition, and I placed in film festivals and stuff like that. St- still, Sadie, I still sent, Sadie did good, right? Well, I I don't that festival is. Oh, by the way, still Sadie. Kayla is the actress, and still Sadie. If oh, yeah. you want to yeah, see what really she, good. she want a face for the name. Um, but I I submitted that to that. I apologize if real- you guys can hear dogs barking. It's fine. It's great. I love it. Yeah, you love it. Um. I submitted to this. It's called like the Real Film Festival, Milan, Italy. It it seems like it's a pr- like a mid level film uh-huh. festival type thing, but it won. I just I only submitted. I thought I put Cognizant in, thinking it would like you get nominated or something like that. But I put Still Sadie in because they had a best movie poster category, and I thought it would it might have a chance at best movie poster. So I wake up a few days later, and I was expecting to see winner and best movie. Uh, well, I saw Winner. I was expecting to see a movie poster, and then I saw it won Best Documentary. And my first, weren't you fucking so psyched? But, well, but I, w- I was confused because I was like, "Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on." What happened here is they watched the documentary and didn't watch the credits and thought it was real because it's a pseudo document. It's yeah, not a real. Yeah. It's a fake person on a, in a documentary format. So I'm like, "Wait, did they make a mistake?" And then my dad posted it, and they liked it, so they didn't make a mistake. So what I and but oh if, if you look at the other winners, gosh. the winners are like professional documentaries. I that think won. that's the thing, right? It's like they because you you're different. I can't put it into words why. Keep going. Well, the I'm only sorry. thing I, that that can explain why I won because if you look at the other documentaries, okay, they yep. the subject matters like I don't you know, but the actual quality of the documentaries and stuff like that, the, it's like a professional documentary. Mine is just a couple of idiots with a camera who filmed a bunch of stuff. But it's still, like, I, if you watch the first minute, like, it's still cut together pretty well. Yeah. But what I think happened was they watched it and they really liked it. And then they went, wait a minute, this was fake? 
Yeah. And then that's, and that gave it gave, that gave it extra points. Like, holy shit. Like I, I, it seems so real. Maybe, you know what's crazy? Maybe that's what, you know what's crazy it. when I was watching it because I'm such good friends with Kayla, I'm watching Kayla. Right. And that's the problem with like, that's like the Superman thing. It's like when you cast a superhero, you got to cast someone no one knows. So if I'm going to do like, uh, I know this makes no sense because Will Smith's like 52 or something, but if I'm going to cast Miles Morales, I'm not going to make it Will Smith because people aren't going to watch Miles Morales. They're going to watch Will Smith. Right. That's a, that's a Superman thing, right? They don't, you don't cast somebody that people know. So it's like when I was watching, I was watching Kayla. But I'm think, trying to think now. I'm like, if I didn't know who she was, I probably would have thought too that it was it was real, right? Like even um, the uh, Henry who played her brother, my dad especially like was impressed. Like he did really good. He like he sold a lot of like he was a support, so you don't kind of notice what he's bringing to. But when you realize that like his supporting character, like he did really good, just like yeah. giving the interviews and stuff, um, or you know getting interviewed. But they all did pretty good. Yeah, was uh Robbie was in that right? Robbie. Oh yeah, yeah. He was um, yeah. He, he was like an audience member and an yeah. interviewer or whatever. It's pretty good. But I mean, like, and then cogn- and then upon reflection, got um, finalist at some New York thing, and then it got some. It got um, no, upon, yeah. Upon reflection, and then upon reflection, got semifinalist somewhere else and got selected somewhere else. Oh, you know what? I just re- remembered. I w- I'm like in this group chat with like this uh, small production company thing. They call it a production company, but it's like. I mean, I guess it technically is, but anyway, they were saying, hey, guys, um, if you've got any stories, like we're, we're entering a new season of filming. If you've got any stories, screenplays, ideas that you want to share that you think that we'd be able to film as a team, submit it here. They sent an email with a link, and I'm, like, sitting there. I'm, like, and like, how dare I think I'm too, so good that I, this is even a thought? But I was, like, I was worried. I was, like, if I send this story out, is it going to be protected? Like, how am I going to be? How am I going to be sure they're not going to? Right. Be- like, if you want people to st- like, I kind of got because the con. I feel like the concept of my script is probably like the best thing. Yeah. Because nobody's yeah, really done it. So, exactly. But you're like, like, oh, what if somebody steals it? Well, it has to be good for somebody to steal. It Has to be good so for somebody to steal. It. So, so focus you, on that yeah. first, and then if you copyright it, it, it gives you some protection. But then, but, but then, but then also, it. it's like because I'm very sensitive of who I share my ideas with because even if I haven't written it yet. I'm like, this is a really good idea, and I'm really passionate about it, and I love it. And they're like, oh, that is a good idea. And then two years later, there's like a book out, and I'm like, bro, this is my idea. I wonder who wrote this. And it was them. I'm like, I'd feel so awful. And I know that's like that's like a nightmare that doesn't actually feel like happen that often. But that that terror is enough for me to not share things unless I have completed it. Right. You know? So when they sent this email out, I was like, I really want to do Kakazaru. Really bad because I was really passionate about it, and I had a lot of and I had a lot of ideas for it, and I wrote a good portion of like the beats for it, or I guess I think I wrote all the beats for it, and I was like, I really wanted to do it, and they said, what role would you want to play? Would you want to be an actor? Would you want to be a director? Would you want to be a cinematographer? Like, what do you want to do for this, or do you just want to submit the writings? I was like, I can if they if they pick this to do next, that would be a lot of fun for me. But then I was like, I've shared this story not with you and Caleb, I've shared this story with other people. There's a lot of people that really like the idea. And I was like, that's really cool. I'm so happy people are really into it. People want to see what comes of it. But if I share it with these people and they like it too, they might not pick it. But in a year from now, they're like, oh, what's that idea that, that one submission was? Let's do something like that. I'd be like, I'd feel robbed, you know? Right. So that's why I'm like careful about it. But I don't want to be the guy that asks like, hey, is my shit going to be protected? <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be that just guy. Put a, if you, it costs 20 bucks that WG, the WGA 
but I don't have I don't I didn't actually have a script. I just had the beats. Oh, okay. I just had the beats. Um, and they were like I had a lot. I had like paragraphs and like points and like I had a, it was very well organized, but um, I didn't have the script. Right. Um, because I never I I never actually ended up writing the entire thing because I was working on my uh my own my story. So I was like, I'm not gonna put time to this because it's not gonna happen. So I'm like. I'll just, I'll just put it off, so I don't worry about it. But when this came up, I was like, oh, let's do it. Wait a second. Right. Kind of scary. Um, I mean, they're nice people, but I don't know them all. I only know one of them really well, and he's really, really nice. And he's going to be on the podcast eventually. Um, but, yeah, I was, it, was, it was just freaky. Um, I'm really excited to see, you know, what you do next. And I always keep my eye out, so I'm excited to see what happens. Um, Yeah. This was uh you want to stop it? Yeah, I think I think this was it. We had a lot of, I had a lot of fun. I'm really happy you came on. I mean like, oh, I had to I'd say one more thing. My friend would kill me if I didn't. Everyone wants to just talk about your forearms and how big they are. <laughs> when I had a, like a dinner party kind of and Johnny came over and met a whole bunch of my friends for the first time. They were like, "Whoa, you got huge forearms." Cuz he don't. He used to play baseball and he was did a lot of forearm workouts. But they they they'd just be upset if I didn't mention it. That's it. Okay. <laughs> How about we do another half hour and then you cut it out? <laughs> Absolutely not. Do you really not like that? What? Your forms? What do you mean? Is that? A, are you playing? Wait. Anyway. What? Wait. What? I said you not like talking about your forms. No, I was no, I was saying. How about we just talk for another half hour and you cut it out? Why? Because I came all this way. About forms? I'm so lost. I want to keep talking. Oh. Oh, I'm not kicking you out of my house. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm saying you're wrapping it up. So if you're going to wrap it up here, then we can do another half hour. Okay. Or whatever. <laughs> or so until 2 o'clock. <laughs> we're going to cut this out, by the way. No, we're not. We <laughs> we're not going to cut this out. When are you going to start? When are you going to? Because you, when, you, when, you uh, when you start your podcast, yeah. where, do you cut, where do you usually cut in? Um, well, for the m- first few podcasts, I would, I would say 3, 2, 1, so the person next to you knows when it's going to start. But I kind of like the... Um, spontaneity of just like starting whenever um so i'm gonna see when it's appropriate from when we started it's probably gonna be like minus eight minutes so it's gonna be like an hour and a half right now or an hour maybe like five minutes an hour and 35 minutes what's the longest one you've done well Bashoy's was two and a half hours um i had to cut 20 minutes out of it though for the reason i told you before so why can't we do another half hour coward do you want do you, what do you do you have something to say <laughs> we could talk about some <laughs> what stuff. do you you, you know you know what i want to talk about then what? I want to talk about aliens. I want to talk about aliens. Well, that's actually a good segue into my the script I'm writing now. Oh, my gosh. Hell, yeah. It's okay. It's not about aliens, and it's not – it's a com- It's a comedy. Okay. It's a satire. It's about uh, – uh, what do you call it? It's about the – it's a nationwide scramble for Department of Energy documents that get out that allegedly – Okay. Uh, confirm an extraterrestrial presence on Earth. It's a con- it's a satire. It follows an investigative reporter. Yeah, and uh, and uh, what do you call it? And she's and so yeah, it's basically a mix of all the Presence Men Network and UFO movies and stuff like that. And it's not like the main part of the, the there's no aliens. It's just the hunt for the documents. It's a satire about the whole thing. Okay. So I did a stupid amount of... Re- you know when I told you, like, I did a good amount of research for Doors of Perception? Yeah. This you did, like, way more, right? Yeah, because I got stuck and be like, wait, I got... Well, oh, I got, oh, my I, gosh. Oh, I, I, I would see up. a video and go, well, I got to do research. Yeah. <laughs> so 
that's I know a great. dumb amount. But I, after all the research I did, after all the stuff I did, I, I came, I still have the same opinion about all of it. It's just, it's more informed. Did you, uh, did you hear about the, uh, the COVID thing that 120 days of aliens dis- disclosure, UFO disclosure? 180 days. They have 180 days to disclose what they know. The Pentagon, CIA, and other agencies and stuff like that. I don't think we're going to get a lot of it. However, um, I just watched this documentary. It's called The Phenomenon. Um, yeah, I watched it too. It's first good alien UFO documentary that I've watched. It's not the first one for me, I don't think. That I've, that's good for me. But the the, down, the the only thing that's not so good about it is that it's like most of it's like already well-known knowledge. If you're if you're if you're if you are new to aliens, to like alien research, then it's not the right. best one to to watch. It's not it's not you're not going to if you're not into it, it's not going to look, but it's a good like historical and empirical overview of the yeah. whole thing. And it for the most part it's pretty you know what movie still ch- sane. chills me to the bones today? What? Not because it's scary, but uh, Close Encounters. Yeah. It chills me to the bones not because like I'm scared, because uh, but because it's like th- it just seems so realistic. Like when it comes to like the the government side of it and like how like how peaceful the aliens would be, you know? Right. I don't know. Just like this is this looks like an actual contact, and I don't think it, there's gonna be sh- ships like that big that like no one in the gonna see. Right. Like obviously, this is a fucking huge. Someone's gonna see it. Like, but when I started, I was like, you know, obviously there's UFOs, but we don't know what, like, I don't know, I wouldn't bet on it being aliens. It might be, like, experimental craft well, or something like that. Well, do you know what the theory Go ahead, sorry, continue. But in the, after all the research I did, I'm still at the same, like, it's probably, like, I wouldn't bet on it being aliens, but it's probably something we don't know. I, something experimental. Though there's a lot of theories. One of the theories, which is... I know all the theories. You know, I know all the theories. <laughs> I watched a documentary called Mirage Men. Dude, hold on. Let me ask if you heard this this theory before we talk about Mirage Men. Um, you hear the theory that, which is in my mind probably one of the scariest, um, is that all this stuff, although might have been found, all it might have been ar- like artifacts from aliens, like it might have been actual alien technology, but every all the saucers you see, all the flying stuff going around, anything like that, is actually our own government, because one day. When the government's on its last leg and they can't control the people anymore, they're gonna launch an invasion and say it's aliens. That's Mirage Men. Yeah. Is that what Mirage Men is? Well, that's so. Well, not really. Sort of. It, so there's Mirage Men's basically how there's a lot of dif- disinformation in the government. This guy Richard was it Richard Doty was basically a disinformation agent, and a lot of the lore around the whole UFO stuff okay. was basically because of his, his dis- disinformation. It takes a process like. You know these UFOs. Uh, UFOs are real, but this is all bullshit. But there's also a theory that, th- yeah, exactly that the they're going to stage another invasion. Well, who was who was the enemy in World War Two? It was the Germans. Who was the enemy in the, the Who was the enemy in the Cold War? The uh, communism. It was Russia. Who's a? It's terrorists now. It's whatever. Now it's North Korea. Yeah. Eventually, they're going to have to go to aliens or some shit. Because like, they're going to need the people to feel like they need their government again. Right. But the I. Th- People were like, "Well, the government, the government couldn't cover this up." It's like, yeah, they, the government, like everybody, couldn't. But I, th- I think what's going on, is, I, if I had to bet, I'd just say it's experimental craft. But there really? are a lot of stories that freak me. I out. feel no. I, I one hundred, I one hundred percent believe aliens come to this planet. Like one hundred percent. I wouldn't be surprised at least. You know, it's just it's it's the only thing annoying about it is like. Every there's always something about every person in the whole like the UFO researcher who is just like 
this guy is some fucking nerd. Well, what about the kids like, in that in the phenomenon? Yeah, that's freaking weird. That's the, um, when I say like something that freaks me out. That's what freaks me out. That Skinwalker Ranch. I'm telling you, and all okay. I don't know what it was, but I'm getting the chills right now, Johnny. When I was younger, I don't know if I was watching it on the computer or on TV or something, but like when I say younger, I'm like second grade. I was watching this video, which I probably wasn't even suppo- be al- supposed to be allowed to watch, and it was like some talk show, and it could have been a famous talk show. I don't even know. I was fucking young, and some guy called in, and everyone thought they were joke. They were joking, but it was a guy, and he said he was driving. So he was driving really fast. He was trying to get away. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, they're coming. I, I'm, I work for the government. I know what's happening. Everyone thought that they were going to come from space, but they're going to come from another dimension. They're not friendly. People think they are, but but they want to they kill us. And it sounded like a joke. People were like, oh, yeah, what? Like some weird guy in like 1997 talking on uh, some talk show. It was weird. But then the more I go through life, the more, you know, podcasts I listen to, books I read, movies I watch, the more I talk about that, how, like, aliens, and I think they talk about this, no, no, they didn't talk about this in the Phenomenon, but the director and one of the people in the Phenomenon were on a podcast and they talk about Jacques it. Jacques Fillet. Jacques Fillet. Uh, how aliens, although, sure, space travel and all that and other planets, sure, a lot of it could be interdimensional, and more and more evidence shows the possibility of that being, you know, true. Um... And it just freaks me out. Like, I always think about when I was a kid, some guy was like, I work for the government, and everyone thought they were going to come from space, but they're not. Yeah. It's scary. And that's it's scary like to the whole think DMT about. thing, too. It's like how, like, if you take DMT, and I've never taken DMT, although I would love to. Um, people say when you t- take DMT, the reason why it's so powerful is because you see the memories of people that have died before you. Like, you'll see symbols, like Aztec symbols, and, like, uh, you'll see, like, Templar stuff. Like, it's weird. And it's like, DMT isn't, like, in every single living thing. And it's, like, maybe that's what connects us all. And that gets into the, the fourth dimension, the fifth. It's just weird. So, I don't know. It, 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 I believe whether it's space aliens or not, there's something else. Right. I 100% believe it. I, I, I couldn't say I don't because I'd be lying. Yeah, the whole, like, when people talk about the, the interdimensional or whatever, the biggest evidence for that is what happened at Skinwalker Ranch, but they can't get evidence at Skinwalker Ranch. Weird, right? But So, I'm kind of skeptical. And I'll, but I'm also skeptical about freaking aliens showing up. I th- I'm telling you, I think I th- well, there's a book which they don't print anymore. Book. I'm I'm gonna tell you what it is. They don't print it anymore. You can down you can like download it on your computer and like print and print it out, but you can't buy it. If you want to buy it, it's like hundreds of dollars. But it's called Who Built the Rings of Saturn, and it talks about like how the rings of Saturn are aren't they're they're like artificial or at least some parts of it are. Because if, if, like, people that watch the sky for a living, they'll notice things happening there that shouldn't happen, like rocks or what they think are meteors are, like, moving in ways that gravity wouldn't move them. And, like, right. it's just... And the idea that, like, the rings of Saturn are basically, like, a spaceport. And I know that sounds... That's, like, weird. It's like, oh, you're now you sound like one of the crazy guys. But, like, that's what it talks about. I don't know why they don't print it anymore. Um, but you can download a PDF and then, you know, actually just read it. That's why I'm surprised, like... I... I when I started, I was like, "All right, I gotta do f- research on UFOs." God damn it! Yeah, whatever. So, I but I knew like if I got too into it, things would get schizophrenic. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that I'm kind of I have the same. Still I have I'm surprised outlook. that I have the, I have the same opinion about it afterwards. Like I because I like literally all like the stupidest like you know there's 76 di- di- different species and the government 
is reverse yeah. engineering, and that's what the electrokinetic black triangles are, like stuff like that. Yeah, I got into all that thinking, like, oh shit, I'm gonna. I don't. Yeah, I don't get too deep in that either. Like, where I know what you're saying, which like, why haven't I gone crazy? Why don't I sound crazy yet? I get. Yeah, you kind of do. You're talking about interdimensional well, aliens. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm not like talking about like. Mark Zuckerberg's a shapeshifter and he's a lizard. And exactly. Like, like, I'm not yeah, like fucking, reptilians. Yeah, I'm not fucking crazy. There's a book called, and that's what I love about like buying books off Amazon. Like the, UFO, like the best book on UFOs is, uh, or the two best ones are, um, it's called UFOs by Leslie Keene. She's an investigative okay. reporter. Like that's like just like a, like, like a clerical overview of the whole thing. Like, okay. That's a really good one. But there was another one, the 37th parallel uh, by Ben Mezzers who wrote, I have to read he both wrote, of these. He, you don't have to. No, I'm going to. All right. I'm a, he, I wrote, uh, he wrote the, uh, the, the Social Network book. That was a book? Yeah, it was, he, wrote the, he wrote the book on it. But um, So he's, a, he's like a legit guy. But He's um, a legit man. He exists. The best book that I haven't read because I don't want to lose the respect of my parents are stuff like, Why Humans Are Not From This Earth. And it shows. <laughs> I like don't want to lose the respect of my parents Dude, because they. I because they were like, oh I, they, my god! They, they saw me buying all these books. Like, are you? Are you, <laughs> you going to do UFO? I'm like, I'm, I'm. I swear, there's a reason. Like, I'm not. I'm only doing this so I can put this well, shit into the. Script. You know, it's so weird that you say that. Is that humans inter- a human's internal clock is more is more well adjusted to Mars's day day cycle than Earth's? Isn't that really? weird? Yeah, I think it's only like an hour difference, but it's really weird, right? It's so bizarre. I'm sure some bi- evolutionary biologist is probably like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Yeah, um, but like, but <laughs> this is shit, was it? there was another one, and it was the Russian book of alien species, where it was it was a Russian doc. They were claiming it was a Russian document that showed all these species, and it's like these are the reptilians. They are shapeshifters. They come from yeah. Zikgorp, and, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a blip glop. Like, and you know they have like, the, the gray. I the weird thing <laughs> is the grays. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that scary as fuck. That's I mean. freaking weird. The, but the, like the Zimbabwe show, but the one story that kind of, that freaks me out is the, in Betty and Barney Hill, when they yeah. went through the, the regressive hypnotherapy, whatever it's called, and Betty Hill drew a map of the stars that she was shown. And this lady, Marjorie Fish, who was like a elementary school teacher, she took, um, uh, she read, she made a, uh, what do you call it? She made oh, a. I don't. Uh, Scantron. <laughs> nah, she made a physical rendering of the uni- diorama. Of, yeah, diorama of the stars and and near near uh, the sun, and she had them all proportioned and uh, hung them from strings and shit shit like that. Okay. And then she looked at the stars from different angles uh, to see if there was a match between what Betty Hill wrote and what the stars actually are. Yeah. And she found one angle where there the it lines up perfectly with the sun. You know, the sun's like over here. So you'd have reticulized stars over here, a bunch of stars going this way and triangles there. And it's like, obviously there's a little bit of difference, but like all like the, the whole gist of it, like two stars here, the sun here, triangle here, two branches there. It's like yeah. the same thing. And that's pretty freaking it's, weird. Yo, it is weird. What about, the, yo, the grays creep me out, especially because I feel like. No, the grays are good. Well, yeah, but they're, they're from they're, Zeta, they're they're Zeta reticulans. They're good. They, they, look, they look creepy. protect us from the reptilians. Or what about how like they, uh, they say that they're not actually organic; that they're like basically like control androids. Yeah, it's just it's weird too. But um, the whole like the Bob Lazar stuff, like, everything is crazy. Have you ever? I don't think Bob Lazar's telling the truth. I think really, 
I I definitely believe it because so much of what he said is keep he 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 keeps getting vindicated more and more. He keeps getting vindicated. Yeah, but the element one fifteen thing is like anybody back then could just say, you know, well, element one fifteen is the one. Like they did in Sweden. I think was it Sweden? They they were able to make some like a few atoms, and they actually did consult him about it. But like to predict element one fifteen wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like. Oh, that's going to happen. Like, I how think, did you know that? I, like, know, eventually I think that already gonna... existed. I think they had that. Well, in the 80s, it was hypoth... Like, it, it didn't exist yet, but it was hypothetically true that there was probably an element out there. They made it, and they didn't, it didn't show the properties that he described, and he says, oh, well, there's different isotopes and stuff like that. And then there's other things with... No, because I thought they had element 115, like, public... Like, there was public knowledge, or at least government knowledge in, like, the 40s. I don't know. Let me. The first, the first public mention of element one fifteen was, or the first like notable one was Scientific American. I think in nineteen eighty nine, two weeks before Bob Lazar came out, they talked about the island of stability and all that stuff. He talked about with element one fifteen. I wouldn't. Hmm. I think there's there they might there might be because he did work at Los. It says, says two thousand three. He did work because that's when they manufactured it. But he did work at Los Alamos. It's possible that he might have learned something there. But I don't think he, I don't know. I, don't, I, I wouldn't I, bet on it. I know he's telling the truth because. I believe him pretty hard. He's telling what he thinks is the truth. Only because the government was after him. And that's proved. I'm like, actually proved. Well, they were only after him because he was a suspect in the, some murder plot involving an L, uh, some kind of material that he manufactured. I don't know. I, 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 and then that Jeremy, oh my God, that fucking Jeremy Corbell. I didn't like that. I don't know. Dude, I don't even that guy, you know what? You know what? Listening to like David Fravor. And George Knapp with, with Jeremy Corbell on like a podcast is Yo, like th- it's like imagine somebody's giving you somebody's gi- what's your what's your favorite he- meal what's your shut up what's your favorite meal, you know I can't answer this. All right, let's say your favorite meal is a cheeseburger, right? Okay. It's like all right, well you have to eat the cheeseburger off of some homeless guy's. <laughs> That's yeah. I, I cannot he was the guy that, that guy. The fucking that documentary. Such a joke. The, oh my god. The fucking documentary was so awful. He's interviewing himself in the oh in the Hunt for Skinwalker documentary. Bro. He's pretending people are asking him questions. He w- He's such a phony. Stand him. He makes it so awful. He's in, the in, in the documentary. He goes. Uh, he found the picture of the hand scanner. Yeah. On he goes. Where'd you find it? And he goes. Google man. Google man. And then on the Joe Rogan podcast, he goes. Well, I had a contact, a guy who did work at Area Fifty One, who said that they had these. So, which one is it? Is did you find it on Google? You fuck, or did you have a contact or whatever? Everything would have been better. With and that then, I don't understand. Well, he showed Bob Lazar. He I feel goes, bad for Bob Lazar because he could have got someone better. Yeah, like even if he's telling the. I mean, I don't know if he. But I I still, believe him. Whatever. I believe Bob Lazar more than fucking Jeremy. Yeah, are you kidding me? Thirty, but the thirty-seven parallel is a good one too. Oh, hold on. you have to read the book. Um, you don't have to, but the missing four one one. You know what that is? Also, nobody's listening. Right now. No, they, one all, they all, they all, they all tuned out when we start talking <laughs> about it. We're gonna end it soon. We're gonna end it soon. But do you, do you, you ever, uh, you know about the book The Missing Four One One? No. It's I think it's a, a series of books, but it's all it's not fiction. It's about how every year a certain amount of Americans go missing in national parks without a trace. Right. And it's about and it's just about that. It's so scary and how there's just one case where like a child, like four or five year old, like he's like a toddler, went missing. And then was found like three weeks later. I don't. It might have been three weeks, three days. I don't know. Three was there. Point is, he was dead. But they found him X amount of time later, miles away, in in like length, and miles away in like elevation, 
Like, no right. bird could have carried him there. A, a bear or a wolf wouldn't have carried food that far and then left him without eating him. Right. It's like, what happened? And then there's yeah, th- and then there's pop- there's people who would say, well, it's aliens, and there's people who would say, well, it's the bl- it's you know it's black helicopters abducting children or whatever, so they could stage alien invasions and they're staging these abductions and so who are you bullshit. paying to do that? Yeah, that's whatever. Well, there's a weird thing. The thirty seventh parallel talks about uh, the thirty seventh parallel north uh, uh, longitude. It, it it occurs across uh, the U S. and hits through the deserts and. The whole theory around that is that I, I'm pretty sure this holds uh, – there's some controversy whether this holds up, but most UFO sightings and cases uh, concentrate on the 37th parallel. Yeah. And what, but the thing that also concentrates along the 37th parallel is uh, 10,000 10, cattle mutilations uh, since the 1950s where cows are found laying on their left side with all their blood drained from them. Yeah. And um, – and they all they have these weird circular incisions all over that are really freaky. And they're like, well, who the fuck is doing this? There's been 10,000. Nobody's been caught. Not a single footprint, yeah. patch of blood, or anything. People say it's black helicopters. Um, you know, it's like it's the government doing this to stage an alien invasion or whatever. But the compounds that occur on the 37th parallel is the Pentagon, Fort Knox, um, Area 51, sure enough, and also Los Alamos base. Where that, well, that's that occurs on the 30th. The thirty fifth parallel, but it's close enough. But it's a we- that's a weird that that was a really good book too. But the cattle mutilation is a weird one. That's what freaks me out. Yeah. Like nobody's ever been caught. Listen, Johnny, this was a great <laughs> this was a great <laughs> this is a great podcast. I, I had a lot of fun. Um, guys, if you are still listening, guys, check out all of Johnny's stuff. It's everything's gonna be in the description. I, yeah, you I gotta, had a lot you of fun. You gotta put you gotta put the ta- you gotta yeah. put the links in the in the front. Yeah, because nobody's gonna be no <laughs> nobody's gonna, gonna be, be nobody's gonna make it through an hour. Well, and I, men- half I mentioned it a million times. Um, That's true. I'm probably so sweaty. Thanks, Johnny. This was great. All right, Shit. man. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>